Glistening like wet leather. Oh! And they just couldn't hold it in anymore. It, just, it went everywhere. Oh. It went everywhere. Glistening what? like wet leather. Much like oh. the, the red weed. Oh. Um, oh, but it wasn't red, because if it was, we'd have asked for a physician. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> boys and whatever percentage of the audience is made up of the female uh, genre, 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 the female genre, the female genre, the female genre. <laughs> we, know genre. we know you're out there, but you ain't registered on YouTube. Uh, so as for now, welcome everyone to the apparent sausage <laughs> sausage fest. Please, let's that have is, some more. Uh, please. We need some more girls in here. There's too many men, too many, yes. many men, too many men, too many, many For men. a podcast that talks a lot about diversity, we are terribly white. Yeah, well, that's not, that's not our fault. Maybe it's maybe it's just something about orange and yellow letters that makes people go, "Oh, I'm a letters, man, and uh, I want to hear that." They are MRA colours. <laughs> it's been a lot. There's been some rumbling oh, uh, recently God. as well about the incel community. Have you come across incels before? No. What? Yeah, huh? it's a particular subculture of, um, shall we say? Confused men who call themselves involuntarily celibate, uh, wh- and it's what basically way? it's basically dudes who you can't like get any get any for probably because they have severe social uh, or um, interpersonal issues or they're just right. dicks. Wait, hang on. So, are they self-branding, or are they being branded on the side? They're self-branding. Yeah, there's been a couple of subreddits that have actually been closed down because they're so toxic. So they're saying, "Oh, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in cell. I'm in, I'm in cell. Yeah, That's fine. Like, I'm totally cool with that." No, it's like, no, no, they're not totally cool with it. They're oh, very good. bitter. Oh. And angry at women. Oh, for God! Oh, that's where I was going to say, like, because why would they categorize themselves as people who can't get a little summon uh. summon? Unless there's an enemy that they've invented and the enemy is women the not understanding women. Yeah. them. Jog on and grow up. Mm. Hey, you know the fact that you've decided you hate women because you can't seem to apparently get a girlfriend? Um, maybe that's help? the attitude that's stopping you mm. from even connecting with anyone enough to get a girlfriend. Yeah. Just, oh, people are, people are shit. People are shit. Speaking of people and shit, I'm Chris. <laughs> uh, and I am very true, very, very true. <laughs> so true. You're big and dank. Big, dank, and cast. I think some people are disappointed that last week's episode released on 420 wasn't about the green. But um... well, we talk about Swamp Thing all the time. Hey! <laughs> what meat? <laughs> Um, no, vegetables. Now that you're all in the second-hand high of the Big Dank cast, welcome. This week's pretty easy going, pretty laid back. Um, yeah, because we can't see Infinity War before we record, so we've kind of got nothing to talk about. Yeah, all we're going to chat a bit about yeah. like the lead-ups and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, when are we both seeing it? I'm, I'm, I think we're both seeing it on the Friday night, is that yeah, right? Yeah, so like the day after this comes out, we'll be yeah. seeing it. Um, Unless I, you're on YouTube, in which case we're in the cinema right now. I actually paid some money. And I'm going to see this on IMAX 3D. You beauty! I think we're going to. We think we're already limitless in it, and just sneaking into yeah. a Friday showing. We would see it tomorrow night, 
but uh, Lou's work have got like a longer stock day. It's like one of those ones you do once in a blue moon. Oh, where you yeah, just get a yeah. More stuff in, so they're open till like nine, and okay. she's she's gonna want to go to bed. You know how you know how um, <laughs> you know how much it would have cost me if I didn't have Limitless to see it in IMAX 3D. What? Twenty one pounds. How much did Limitless get you off? Uh, it only co- it's only costing me six sixty. That's not bad, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I forgot there was some IMAX but it perks. Would, it would have cost me £21. So, not to narrow in on where we live for Each. the creepy stalkers out there, Each. but um, I'm guessing it's the... Yes. Yeah, that one. Uh, the one shopping centre that should be not be named. Yeah. Because it is hell and damnation! It's a cesspool! A cesspool of retail nightmare! It's a wretched hive of scum and villain here. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to watch this series that's just come on Netflix called Rostodon. Which is an Australian, like, independently produced sitcom about working in retail. And I seen clips of it on YouTube and was like, oh, I'll have to see that when it I comes out. I think I've seen this, like, the tech stores and yeah, things like yeah. that. Yeah. And it was, because it, it was floating around for ages and then Netflix had picked it up for, for international distribution. And I got through the first episode and I just couldn't watch anymore. Because it's. Because it was unfunny or because it was too because real? Because it's brilliant. Ah. And it's so, so real that it's painful. My <laughs> girlfriend continued to watch it and watched it all. And apparently it's just soul-crushing. Yeah. Because it's so accurate. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did this It week. is to retell what, like, Toast of London and I'm on Partridges to acting. Yeah, but... <laughs> but oh, less... But simultaneously God. less and more ridiculous. I can't remember which one. I've seen a clip where someone tries to return, I think it's like a toaster or something. It's a, in the and first episode, got, it's a camera. It's a camera, and she's got no receipt. So no receipt, it. no box... Um, she thinks it's faulty because she doesn't know how to use it. Yeah. Um, and there's the whole thing of like, oh, well, I need to, this Australian says like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm, I'll, I can't return it. There's no receipt. And she's like, I, I need to talk to the, oh, sorry, I've spilled coffee on your carpet. That's um, right. I want to talk to your manager. And he's like, all right, well, oh no, um, I can't put this coffee anywhere. Um, uh, so he goes and talks to his manager and his manager's like, yeah, just return it. Keep him happy. So he has to go out and fucking, um, Talk about like go and 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 say oh we're well, in it just this once and then she has to go at him so then he fucking explodes at her why and then he has to do a disciplinary meeting because he exploded at this dickhead customer and then the guy in inventory won't return it for him oh, so the boss told him to return it and the guy in inventory won't do it because he's got no receipt or box oh Christ so it's God. like and yeah it's it's that it's that I just. Some things about the world of retail, and specifically like the, the the management and like practices, not so much stuff necessarily related to the shop floor or to dealing with customers. Some of that stuff just strikes me as odd. Like someone we know once worked somewhere where an employee was very clearly stealing something that the customers were leaving there. Yeah, yeah. And it was obvious based on like when that employee was in the building and when the things went missing. And the fact that they were the ones dealing directly with the customers in certain situations that led to them getting hold of these things. And this stuff just started to go missing. But because they didn't do anything directly on a camera, the place couldn't fire them. Because they're not... Because then they could be like, yeah. right, I'm going to sue you for thingy. But at the same time, like, you just wish they got right, you fired. I'll sue. Like, sue. They- yes, I'm going to sue. I'll sue, sue. Yes, I'm gonna sue you. Uh, oh, it's kind of good though, because <laughs> if if they could just turn around and fire you on the spot, I I would have been out of a job several times over the last couple of years. Yeah, but you do tend to bring the bodies of your victims to work. Well, 
Let's get you in trouble. The, the reason it doesn't get you in trouble is because they can't tell necessarily if you killed them. Because no. you just bring the body to work. Yeah, I just I yeah. just found this outside. I mean, you say... This, you, does you, this belong you, to you? You admit to them yeah. directly, but because they it. don't have any on-camera proof that yeah. you committed them. And no one believes me. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's the perfect you crime. wouldn't hurt a fly. It's the perfect crime. It's like, no, I killed, I murdered this person. You're right, I wouldn't hurt a fly. I, I get I, on with the flies. The flies are my friends. I felt... <laughs> I felt their warm blood gush over my hands as I tore their throat out. I killed this person. Like, but why don't you believe me? We don't have it on camera. And also, you're so nice. <laughs> oh, God. You can't. Hang on, hang on. You came in this work with, with a little black twiddly moustache and an eye patch and a top hat and a cloak. No, that was Maybe my he's evil now. Self. Ah, right. Well, you can't discriscriminate. It's Either from way. the Inferno universe. You can't just... They were all wearing eye Which patches. Which one is it? Yeah, yeah. Was it Doctor Who's eye patch is your evil counterpart? Yeah, yeah. Star Trek's Star mustache, mustache or beard? Yeah. yeah. Or no beard if you're Riker. Or no beard. Um, <laughs> which means you're either in the mirror universe or the lackluster first season yeah. uh, of Next Generation. Oh, oh, well, it is like it is lackluster it is, first. It season. is not its strongest season. It granted. gets it gets better like by fucking orders of magnitude when Riker grows a beard. He's saying that's the turning point. Yeah. <laughs> Like, is this oh, good death generation? Uh, does Riker have a beard? Mm, maybe. Is Riker in it? You need uh, to develop. No, it's not good. Next. You it's not good Star Trek. You need to develop a watch list, like playlist thing. Because like ages ago, when when Agents of Shield came out, I watched the yeah. first three episodes. I went, "This is fine. It's not for me, but I'm glad it exists." And then like a year later on Amazon Prime, on Amazon Video, yeah, yeah. You, you said to me, "You got Amazon Video." I was like, "Yeah." You went right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Series 1, skip to episode 18 and just watch those last, like, five. Which is a horrible thing to have to tell someone. I know, like, but I did. Skip all of this And series. I thoroughly enjoyed them. Yeah. So it was the Lady Sif episode and then yeah. the four episodes then, dealing with the Hydra reveal. Yeah. And it was really good TV. And I was like, oh, this is great. But like, so much of it up to that point was just fucking filler. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it now because the Trafford Centre and I think the HMV in central Manchester have got uh, a deal on the minute for some of their things. Uh-oh. Not the usual shelf deal. You know, where they've just done it specific pockets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them's on the Marvel um, Marvel DVD, uh, Marvel Blu-rays. Uh, it's... I think the it's Marvel like, Kinematographic Universe. Yeah, I think it's eleven ninety nine each or two for £15. So I'm going to pick up Agent no, Carter right. Season 2 yeah. and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1. Yeah. And while I'm at it, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2 and 3. Because then I can just dip in and out at my leisure to see what I want to watch. I think it's all on Prime now. I think 30 quid for four seasons of television is pretty I think, good. I think the first four seasons are on Prime now. If they're back on Prime, I won't bother. And I'll just get Agent Cart Season 2 because Hayley Atwell. Mm. Mm. But, uh, Who also came out recently yeah. and was like, yo, I- she came out. Damn it. No. no. She, she, That's she, it. Fun my sex change operation, guys. Yeah, joining, joining, I'm opening up a tip jar. During an interview, <laughs> she said um, that. She didn't want to stop doing Agent of Carter. Agent of Carter. Agent, Agent of Carter. Agent Carter. Agent of Carter. Agent of Carter. Uh, uh, <laughs> <Agents> of Carter. <laughs> um, well, technically. Marvel didn't want to stop doing Agent Carter. Oh. ABC. Were the ones who pulled the plug. Basically said, we think we'll make more money out of you if you're in your other show that we do with you. Like the legal procedural that oh. didn't do it. <laughs> So, so there's every chance so they, they could said, bring back Agent Carter then if, well, they, if, they, put, if they put a sense but they said yeah so they said we're not going to do any more Agent Carter because we're going to put you in this instead and focus on this does series 2 end in like a ah oh, this is the end of the story for now kind of vibe 
because obviously we know her story doesn't end in season two because we know like her involvement in Ant-Man and we see her in Winter Soldier and her her pivotal off-screen role in Civil War. Season two certainly leaves some threads not picked up mm. that I'd like to see. Because I watched season one, up. I dug season one. I mean, it's really cool. Like season two has the MCU version of Madame Mask. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm down with that. And some other bits and pieces which are cool. Who's the guy at the end of series one that I'm thinking of? The bloke who manipulates minds. Um, or is that season two? A bit. Like, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen like an ep of season two. Not season one. It's like, it's like okay. the Hydra dude. I'm trying to remember his name. He's based, he's based on a character and it's... Oh, God. Yeah. Quick, stall. D- d- play me off, Johnny. Dr. Mind. Is it Dr. Mindbender? <laughs> Dr. Mind. Is it Dr. Faust? Yes, is that what it is? Yes, it is yeah, Doctor Faust. There it is. I didn't even, I didn't even get to. I yes. didn't even get to the Wikipedia. Woo! You said Doctor Mindbender. I was just like, oh, no. Doctor, Doctor Faust. That, that's that's a that's a Rick Remender Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Doctor <laughs> Mindbender. Doctor Mind. Because balls. of course, um, Doctor, put this in your mind. Those hole. are my mind holes. Um, well, speaking of of Rick Remender. Um, yes, I was wondering how we were going to get onto yeah, that. Yeah, because... and Rick Remender is responsible for making me continue to care about a character, or at least half of that character and a concept, longer than my body or mind would care Which to Which half normally. of the character, the butt or the pecs? <laughs> or do you like your characters divided laterally? Oh my god. You're getting all Cenobite on me. Vertical slice. <laughs> oh god. Um... Rick Remender wrote a very successful and interesting new take on the Marvel character Venom. About Lies! Eight years ago? Oh, it was great. Uh, right. No, uh, 2011? Oh, not yet. Not far. It's been a while then. Yeah. Been a while. It was just before Marvel Now. <laughs> it's been a while. Maybe like a year before Marvel Now. Yeah. Um, well, basically... the, the, the... It crosses over with Spider Island in yeah. the first few issues. So Venom, Venom, for those who don't know, is a Spider-Man villain created in the late 80s who was a mix of a couple things. Spidey had a sentient alien costume that lived on his body after an event called Secret Wars, the first one. Um, uh, and it was basically a costume that replicated his powers and yeah. gave him new powers like unlimited organic webbing and it could chameleonize a bit, change his yeah, face so, had, he could, so he could look different and blend in. It had a symbiotic relationship with him. Symbiotic. Symbiotic. Uh, one's one with might, idiotic. One might describe it as a symbiote. Oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> alongside that was a reporter working, I think, at a different paper and then the interview called Eddie Brock, who um, was <laughs> a bit of a cutthroat reporter who was always trying to get the scoops but was a bit of a slime ball. Was wasn't a above, dick, really. Wasn't above, like, uh, leaving people in the lurch or in horrible situations. He didn't play or it straight. Doctoring shit. Yeah, it's like he obviously set out with a hunger to to get stories, and the like idea of becoming a star reporter overtook the notion of being a decent human being. Hunger, <laughs> I want it so bad I can't taste it. Is that the soundtrack to your eighties Venom movie? No, that's the soundtrack to Transformers. It should be the soundtrack to your eighties Venom movie. Yes, I mean, it should be. I mean, that's the power ballad right there. That's the that's the sexy power ballad. I'm hungry. See, it works. It works. Um, so, uh, la la la, Spider-Man and this black costume thing part ways when Spidey finds out that it's essentially like leeching off of his life force. And... It's a uh, uh, conscious uncoupling. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's, oh God. It, it's it's the Martin Paltrow of the 80s. The Martin. Um, at the same time, Peter Parker is basically the top of Eddie Brock's hit list as a shit biscuit and Spider-Man <laughs> is and he hates him. Absolute. The... 
arse nugget. The two find each other, and for a while, the comics do this wonderful thing where there is an unseen enemy, because we don't exactly know that it's them yet. Yeah. There's someone stalking Spidey, prepping himself to take him on, someone who's, like, harassing his loved ones and meddling in his life quietly from afar. And then eventually... Adric! No. That... Uh. Sorry, that text tone was amazing. I thought it was the start of, um... What's it? Uh, under the sea. Oh yeah, <laughs> to the point where every time it goes off, Keats hums the rest of the uh, hums the rest of, the, of that melody, and <laughs> I just want to die. It's a great song. Come on, it's a great Alan, song. It's Alan Menken era, but isn't it? Every time my tablet makes a noise, it goes. That's right. And then she just no matter where she is in the flat, she just goes. Oh, I mean, I, I and I'm just. That's like Lou's text tone used to be "Have a lovely day" from Home Alone Two. I know, lost in the air. Um, I used Fresh to, I used to... cheese pizza. I love you. Oh, man. Um, I used to send a text from up here just to hear it downstairs. I want to get. I'm going to see if there's a Tim Curry soundboard. Carry on. So, uh, eventually, this villain reveals itself. It is a merger of Brock and the symbiote called Venom. Uh, and symbiote. In the late 80s, it was basically the ideal Spidey villain because it was a dark Spider-Man. It had the cool black costume that he'd been wearing when he had the symbiote what? as part of his body. So, a big white spider on his chest. But it was also the 80s. It was kind of gnarly. So, it had, like, teeth and, and these big white eyes. And Venom's popularity blew up in the late 80s. He was like the Spider-Man villain that everybody adored. Uh, specifically kids who were into gnarly, bodacious, cool stuff. Man. <laughs> you can keep your Dr. Octopus, you old twat. You, you old you geezer. This old is the twat. this is Spider-Man, man. Um, and spider Man. Venom's popularity continued into the 90s because of Toy Biz and the toys they used to make of Venom. Venom got his own spin-off at one right. point, his own miniseries, right. Lethal Protector, War of the Symbiotes, and he got a spin-off villain from himself, Carnage, who just kept up the gnarly and dark and broody and psycho edge that Spider-Man's villains were all taking in the 90s for some good, reason. Good. Um, yeah, because oh, the 90s villains were all about either being mysterious and spooky or ultra gnarly and cool, dude. Mm. Mm. Do you remember there was an obsession with like the Scryer and Judas Traveller and people like that? Remember Judas Traveller? <sighs> Fucking hell. Um, and God, the, and, Spider-Man got really bad. And the Jackal became it? like a weird sort of Joker, Green Goblin hybrid looking mother trucker. And it was just like, what is this? Yeah, and then the Clone Saga happened. Yeah, so Venom sort of, his popularity disappeared, but he was in the hearts of a lot of 80s and 90s kids. Like, I don't know about you, but I definitely grew up loving Venom as a Spidey villain. I thought he was really cool. He loving... wasn't my favourite. I always preferred uh, Green Goblin overall because I liked the, the I, I liked the idea of that you know businessman by day and no one suspects a damn thing, and at night he's this psycho who's like flying around throwing stuff and yeah. up to evil schemes and he's screwing with his own family. So many because, schemes. You know, um, so many <clears> schemes. But Venom was still fascinating and interesting, and especially when I started to draw, Venom was like my favourite. I've seen your, I've seen some of your Venom drawings. Are you? Yeah. Oh my god. Some of the sexy ones. Oh, not the dirty, dirty Venom. Dirt the sexy dirt. ones you sell under the table at cons. <laughs> but I flip the table upside down. You sell it in between. So I sell them under the table, but my genitals are just. Like, you sell it in between. <laughs> my genitals are what greet the customer. In between two backing boards. <laughs> dirt. Um, Behind a copy of. X-Men number one from 1991. But anyway... Which oh is cheaper God. than the boards. Oh, God. 
But I like I, I like I like to draw Venom, and I do think there's stuff in there that's interesting. In the 2000s, there were some interesting Venom stories. The problem was, Venom belongs to the 90s. Yes. Um, that's why, if you're going to tell more stories of Venom, you have to change him. So in the Marvel Knights run that Mark Millar did, uh, that then span off into the events of... Uh, Sorry. Who wrote that? Mark Millar. That's an apt. That then span then span into the events of Dark Reign and and Siege and everything and Dark Avengers. Yes. Um, Eddie Brock decides because he's a religious guy. He decides I'm going to get rid of this thing. It's caused more harm than good. Mm. Like it's not my place anymore. My mm. can my cancer is back, which I believe was part of his original story, wasn't it? He was diagnosed with something, and he knew he, knew he was dying. Yeah. Um, but like it's, the symbiote kept it at bay, and now he was like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna die a natural death. I'm gonna let this happen. Like, I'm not going to sin anymore, blah, blah. So he sells the symbiote to a villain a villain auction, basically. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm not going to harm anyone anymore. You guys can, go for it. Yeah, um, I'm just, I, I'm out. And a mobster buys it for his son, so that his son can actually have a bit of a legacy, because he's a bit of a snivelling git. And then he, I think he's called Angelo, and then he wears it, like, once, and the symbiote rejects him mid-fight with Spider-Man, because it's like, you haven't got the venom, and it just leaves his body mid-leap between two buildings, and Angelo mm. plummets to his death, mm. which is great. Uh, and then the symbiote joins up with Matt Gargan, who was the Scorpion. Yes. And basically becomes, you know, he's the new and Venom. And that was Venom for, like, a <clears throat> big chunk of... Ah, five or six years, yeah. Yeah. Marvel Knights like, Spidey's, like, 2005? That was, Ven- that was Venom through Civil War and... Secret Invasion and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dark Reign and then yeah. Siege. And then, and then shortly after that, that, the, oh no, 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 before the end, before the end of that run is the Spidey story, New Ways to Die, where yes. uh, Osborn and his Dark Avengers head to, like, they had to meet with Spider-Man. Dark Avengers. Um, and. He must have known there was something <clears> going on. <throat> well, during that story, Eddie Brock did got involved and anti-venom was created so Eddie Brock had like a reverse version of the symbiote as part of his body now and was completely in control of it oh yeah yeah la 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 anti-venom eventually the symbiote gets discarded from Gargan after the events of I think it's after a siege isn't it like all the all the evil Uh... events like Bullseye and Gargan and everyone are all like apprehended and uh, yeah because that eventually leads into like the Thunderbolts revamp and all that stuff yeah but the symbiote is taken away from Gargan like it is stripped from him and taken away uh Gargan's Venom was very much like the Eddie Brock Venom in that he was teeth and, oh, I'm going to eat you and stuff. But we actually saw him do that shit because he was a nasty piece of work. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a bit where he's tormenting someone in, in the Dark Reign uh, Spider-Man, Sinister Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Where he just rips a guy's arms off and eats one of them in front of him. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it, shit! It's some terrible, like, Z-list villain as well, isn't it? I think he's... it's a guy who's dressed like a wolf or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, coyote? It might be, yeah. Oh, Something like Christ. that. It's, it, is, it is not pleasant. It's been so long since I've read Sinister Spider-Man. But people at this point... Like, what kept Venom fresh for the 2000s was because, um, you know, the idea of, oh, it's on a different person. So the training wheels are off. This isn't a lethal protector. This isn't a dude who would rather not be a bad guy who just hates Spider-Man. Yep. Like, this is a legitimate threat who is, like, the symbiote enjoys the psycho it's attached to. This is interesting. Hmm. And then they're split apart. And then Rick Remender comes along and keeps it fresh for longer because then Flash Thompson, Spider-Man's once upon a time bully who went on to become a uh, military, you know, a military soldier. Thompson. No, Eugene Thompson. Eugene uh, Flash. Went to to Afghanistan and and fought over in Iraq and and like basically did service for the country. Was gravely wounded, but managed to recover. However, he lost his legs in an explosion. Like his legs were gone. 
but he was alive and thankful and he felt useless. He felt like he couldn't do anything anymore. Yeah. Like he wanted to, you know, serve his country. And this Black Ops team get in touch and they're like, we know what you wish you could do. We can give it to you. We know who you are in the dark. And they employ him. Oh, what was that noise? I don't know. That was weird. Someone just fell over in the room. It's, uh, it's not a symbiote, is it? Yeah. It's, it's a, a symbiote. Symbiote. Oh, not the symbiote. That symbiote that was bastard. Really... You heard that, right? I heard that. I think... That was really strange. A door just came open, that's all. Sorry, that was really odd. I thought we'd let the cats out. And we have... It's a ghost. No, it's um, de- it's dear, dear David. It's dear David. Sorry, team. Uh, anyway, I could pause and edit that, but I shan't, because it's more entertaining. And shit. And also, um, we're really lazy. So Flash Thompson is basically given access to Project Venom. Yes. And the idea is that, hey, we've got this thing. We've been electroshocking it and tampering with it as much as possible <laughs> we're going to turn it basically into an all-purpose suit for a, for a special ops unit we've got this angry alien slime yeah. and we've been really pissing it off yeah but also doping it up to fuck yeah so as angry as it gets it's still going to do what we say because that's all it knows now mm-hmm. so it's put on flash to do reconnaissance missions and and like uh, assassinations and stuff obviously it gives him back legs because it's part of it. it it makes you more than what you are in terms of like, enhancing your physical strength and in this case also giving him back his legs and everything for those missions yeah um but he couldn't tell anyone about it because it was like secret like op stuff mm-hmm. Uh, and also he couldn't wear it for longer than an hour. At the hour mark, they immediately recall you and remove it from your body. Is it an hour or is it 24 hours? I think think at first it's an hour, because the idea was they don't want it to be bonded for too long and get a feel. I'm sure it's 24 And then they extend the period. Oh, no, that's it. it, 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 They try it after that to 24, because there's a thing where he ends up cut off from everybody, and he has to basically survive with it on, and it's, it's obviously becoming more and more aware of what's happening, and it's like... Oh shit, like, you and me, like, let's bond. Oh, let's do shit, it. He's like, son. no, that's not what I want. And because the thing, of course, naturally over time, the alien becomes a lot more aggressive and starts to act out. Yeah. But it was an interesting story because it meant that you had a lead character who was a good person who idolized Spider-Man growing up, like when he was in his high school years, he idolized Spider-Man. He's now leading that Spider-Man double life because no one can know what he's doing. Some of the government people involved have his best intentions at heart. Some of them really do not. <laughs> He's wearing, essentially, a ticking time bomb that won't blow up, but might merge with him and never leave him alone again. He'll probably blow up. That, well, that too. <laughs> he got his own Green Goblin. Jack O'Lantern became a prominent character oh, in the series. Yes. Um and he's used really well when Remender's writing it. He's proper creepy. Human flies in an issue as well, isn't there? Which is really yeah. Oh. Shit. Oh god, there's some good stuff in there. It yeah, works really yeah, well. There is. Um, there is. Now I haven't followed much of Venom beyond the end of Remender's run. No. I, know, I know he got involved with. I read Circle uh, of Four. I think I read the first volume of Thunderbolts that he was involved in. Yeah. Um, Circle of Four, I think, is one of the last arcs, isn't it? Circle of Four, the one with Ghost Rider and stuff. Okay, I don't remember if it's the last Remender arc or the arc first Colin one arc. Uh, but it's like, yeah, it's it's um, him and the. Oh, then... yeah, right. No, yeah, Circle of Four is the start of the Cullen Bun run. Yeah, it's... the Cullen Bun run. Cullen Bun, which is run. which is very good as well. Um, like, it's yeah. it's him and Red Hulk and X twenty three and the then Female Cor- Ghost Rider. the then yeah. new Ghost Rider who's now the old new Ghost Rider because we've got a new new yeah Ghost the Rider. old and mostly forgotten Ghost Rider a it new seems, a but, new yeah. new Ghost Rider who drives cars and he's going to be on the Avengers when Jason Aaron. Takes over it. I'm down. And that. I've seen, <laughs> I have seen a. The Avengers are here, and oh my god, what is that? <laughs> I have seen a panel of uh, Captain America in the back of the Ghost Rider's car, driving away from something horrible. 
Um, do you think Captain America will pretend to be sick, get out of the car, and then steal it off? Oh, right? fucking hell. Um, do you think Captain America will have rubber ears oh God, yeah. on his so. mask? I hope so. Because these real ears can't poke through. 90s. Um, oh, God. So, do you like, think he'll be the son of J.D. Oh Salinger? So, interesting stuff. If you don't know what we're talking about, don't look it up. Um, no, do. If, do or up. do. Italian Red School, anyone? Um, so, <laughs> if you... if And I know I know a bit about beyond that. I know that he joined the Guardians briefly. I read at least one of the stories where he was on the Guardians. Of, as yeah. Because his book was rebranded Venom Space Knight. He was, yeah, he was a Space Knight for Which a while. Which is a cool idea. Again, it was Flash Thompson like out there doing cool shit with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's like, yeah. they found a way to keep him interesting. Audiences today, especially teenagers, know Venom as that. That's Venom. Yeah. It's an uncontrollable alien that a soldier wears as a suit to help fight bad guys that could go wrong at any moment. That's Venom. Because that's also what they did in Ultimate Spider-Man, isn't it? The cartoon. Yes. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man did Venom. Yeah, there was yeah. a brief bit of Venom as Venom, Venom, that old school Venom, but it was mostly Agent Venom was how it was dealt with. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Now, obviously, that means there's a wealth of stories to tell. The reason I'm bringing all of this up is because... You like talking about Venom. A few months ago, a couple months ago, the Venom teaser trailer came out. So much Venom. For the Sony movie that's coming out this October. Which had a conspicuous lack of Venom. Yeah, which is really fucking weird. And we, we had a big discussion about the problem with Avi Arad. Um, <laughs> well... Avi Arad is Avi Arad, the Avi Arad, Avi Arad, Avi Arad, Avi Arad, Avi Arad, go Venom! Have you read Men the toy biz? Which bought like what mass stock of Marvel back in the early nineties? Basically 90s? saved Marvel from bankruptcy, yeah. And Aviarad is very stuck in the traditions of what he believes is what's popular, one of which, as we talked in that podcast, was Venom. Like Venom is yeah. his thing, specifically eighties, nineties, big teeth, drooling, I'll eat your brains Venom. Like he loves that Venom. Uh, Spider Man the animated series Venom. Yeah. And we have this, which again, like, ugh, terrible show. Uh, it's aged it's, terribly. It's, it's not good. It's aged horribly. Um, but we have fond memories of that Venom because they have that blue and red colour scheme in his outline. Hank Azaria voiced him and had a blast doing no it. No one can punch in that show, but it has the Punisher in it. I know. What the fuck? Blade. I mean, just Batman the Animated Series was going on at the exact same time. They had guns. There was punching in that show. The way they got around the punching was that on the impact of the fist, the flame, the frame would flash. That's how they got around it. So you saw people punching, but you never saw the moment of impact. X-Men. X-Men was... Yeah, X-Men had violence and punching and, and like, people being crushed and and claws, like... Wolverine. Although, although, to be fair, Wolverine barely ever stabbed anything. He mostly just got his claws out. Also, I am the rocks of the eternal shore. (laughs) Crash upon me and be broken. Um, Oh my god, Apocalypse says that at one point. Yeah. I've been, it never says it in the movie. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about this again in, in a little while. But I've been rereading Infinity Gauntlet. It's uh, not very good. I don't is recommend it. it. <laughs> um, and I all of issue one, Thanos' dialogue is basically just that shit. Oh, it's hilarious. It's just um, not very good. <laughs> if you want a good Thanos story, read Infinity or Thanos Rising. Um, don't anyway. read Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, oh, oh, all right. No, pick it up in Waterstones and skim through it oh, in the aisle, and then put just, it back on the thing. Just, just for some visuals, because I used to have <laughs> three of the issues, and then they're big issues. I didn't realize how big they were. It wasn't until later that I got the trade and read the whole thing. But I used to have like issue one, <laughs> or as I like to call it, Mephisto tries to speak a bit, and Thanos monologues yeah. for forty pages. Issue. Th- 
three and issue four. Mm. So I had the monologue in, and I had the big battle where Thanos kills everyone. everyone. Uh, and then chunk, I had the aftermath of Adam that, Warlock and then, stuff. Yeah, and then like the the end of issue four, <laughs> I think, is when the the all the like eternity and the living tribunal mm. and chaos and order and all that turn up. Not enough Star Fox for my liking. Um, <sighs> there's a Twitter moment about him this week, which I thought was quite cool. Someone said like. This is a character that you should totally introduce as a sex positive, like, consent, uh, con, cons, um, consent champion, um, like, into this world. Because basically he's the opposite of Thanos, he's in love with life and love. Yeah, but. But then, you've got to be really careful with how you do it. Because his powers are just like, fuck me, you yeah. wanna fuck me. And it's like, it actually takes away consent. Yeah, and I think there are, which is why you've got to find ways of yeah. working it. And I think I think the way you do it is you make it about his attitude, or alternatively, you just don't do Star Fox because he do Star sucks. Fox because I want to see someone try and wear that hair in a movie be taken seriously. <laughs> anyway, does he? I, yes, I, he does. Everyone, I, I would, that's the problem. I would, <laughs> I would rather see Jack of Hearts before I see Star Fox. I mean, I would, I would like to see Jack of Hearts, to be fair. Just to see if they'll pull it off. Um, Jack of Hearts. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> Venom is back. And his movie full-length movie trailer is out now. And it's mostly Tom Hardy being Tom Hardy. And... With a ridiculous accent. So Tom yeah. Hardy being Tom Hardy. Yeah. I can't deny Guerrera, lovely woman. I can't deny that there is... Something about the trailer that I like. And yeah. I, th- I think it's the, the I, kid and teen in me who remembers the 90s era stuff. I'm trying to come scene. to terms with it and go, yeah. I don't hate this. <laughs> I don't I like it. I don't but like I it. But I don't hate it. But I don't hate it. It looks like they might have got some bits of it right-ish. You know, the bit that made me actually... And I, I, even on the... I swear, what, on my first rewatch, the bit that made me go, ooh, was when you first heard the inner voice go, yeah. <gasps> just like, oh, okay. Is that Tom Hardy doing that voice as well? I don't know. It doesn't sound like him, but it could be. But then Tom Hardy never sounds obviously, like Tom Hardy. No, but obviously, but you never know what obviously, he sounds it's, like. obviously it's through like a, a thousand voice filters. He's always but, doing a silly voice. But it, it definitely sounds like a different accent and inflections, which I think is a good choice if it is him, because it's like, no, these are two separate beings who are going to act as one. Yeah, like it can't be like, oh, it's a dark mirror of Eddie, because yeah. But one thing still played me throughout the trailer, which was, um, this is a film about evil Spider-Man with no involvement from Spider-Man. Yeah, why? and that's that's the catch. Is like, yeah, why does it make any sense for Venom to be Venom mm. without Spider-Man's involvement? It just doesn't. No, I mean, it just doesn't. You can really. You could just say that the symbiote's pref- preferred form of, like, its face and stuff is, like, white domed eyes, and that's, like, you know, aesthetically, that's the connection that makes you go, oh, he kind of looks like Spider-Man. Mm. Um, but as long if, as he's not gonna be, if he's yeah. not going to be swinging, and he's not going to be crawling, and he's not going to have a big white spider on yeah, his chest... Yeah, I think that's the thing. If he has a big white spider on his chest, then we're like, no! Mm. It makes no sense. That makes no sense. I can, I, I can get... Get away with the eyes. Unless they're going to go a bit meta. And Eddie's going to be a bit of a Spider-Man fanboy. 
Which is what I was thinking about, actually. Yeah, now the problem with that is... Especially with him being a reporter. Spider-Man is still playing a big important part in the movie without even being in it. Well, you know. Which is stupid. Like, yeah. that, that is stupid. But, I mean, Venom is stupid, so... Yeah. Now, I I like I like the look of him when you see him at the end. I do quite like it. Yeah. Because, mostly because he looks so... He looks like wet leather. He looks so slimy. I like the way the mouth closes over his head, like a yeah, which is very, very comic book. Yeah, and again, like, yeah. I'm a, I grew, I grew up a child of the Ultimate Spider-Man era. Mark Bagley does a lot of that in the Venom arc. Those teeth are nice. like, especially when Peter's wearing the suit and stuff, and he's screaming inside it. Like the mouth just sort of opens, and there's teeth around his face. Yeah, that stuff looks really cool. There's lots of teeth. He's got his tongue, which apparently is set tumbler alight with a bunch of people with giant tongue fetishes getting really excited and yeah, empowered yeah. to him. Fair enough, but. Yeah. Really? Um, Rule 34. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But it's just... I mean, we know what the plot is going to be. What's the plot going to be? It's evil scientist businessman tortures people yeah. by putting them through experiments with this substance that they've got hold of. Yeah. Eddie tries to uncover it, he merges with it, and then him and the bit that he's merged with go back, take revenge, probably kill the scientist businessman, and shut it all down. And then some of them escape, and we have a post-credit stinger suggesting that a guy called Cletus Cassidy is now Carnage or something. That's going to be the film. That will be the movie. So now we don't have to see it. Yeah. And also, it feels like a bit of a cop-out to see see him... Oh, God. You know, I think that movie would be forgiven at least 10% of its sins had it been given its original title, which was A Couple of Dicks. Because already, you, that tonally, you know exactly what you're in for. And also, point. if Bruce the, Willis gave the, shit. the other guys hadn't come out. Yeah, well, that was weird, Nick, because it, it was going to be, like, Will Ferrell and Mark they, Wahlberg they, pitched it. They come from the same base project, yeah. Yeah, and then Warner Brothers wrote it, was like, no, screw that, because Kevin Smith was attached to direct that movie, mm. and then he was told they were recasting and Tracy Morgan was in it, and they're going to get Bruce Willis. And then the other guys came out, like, a year later, and it was much better. Bruce Willis! Bruce Willis! Michael Bruce Willis. Chiklis! Michael Chiklis! <laughs> Moby, Moby and Michael Stipe. Um, so, the British Brody Quest. Heston Blumenthal! I, I would argue. Too short, though, but still. Um, or is Brody Quest too long? Brody Quest is perfect and is untouchable, good sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just think we know what this movie's going to be. Well, you know that what this movie's going to be, thanks to your also powers. kind of looks just like Prototype. But with a smaller level of destruction, the and PS3 game, like it's it's man trying to fight evil corporation that's using mutated stuff with tendrils coming out of him, smacking things. Because that's all it looks. It looks really weird. It's just it's just Tom Hardy, and then a tentacle just randomly just appears, comes out of him. Appears yeah. on his back. It's like, huh? Does it come through his clothes? Does it come over his clothes? <clears throat> Is it his clothes? I think we're thinking. We're overthinking it. No, I think we're. Actually, I think we're thinking logically about it. <laughs> like we're oh, thinking, yeah. like, it's yeah, a man yeah. covered that, in that's alien. It. That's <laughs> it. We're thinking logically about it. Sony haven't. I mean, this is a lot to judge off a trailer, but that's what trailers are for. <clears throat> Let's be honest, though. Have Sony really thought? Have they? No. Thought? Have they? Thought? It would not surprise <coughs> me if it started out as a prototype script. We did. Oh well, and merged with an ongoing Venom thing because they've been trying to make a Venom movie since the nineties. I mean, Avi Arad, Avi Arad, Avi Arad, Avi Arad, forced Venom into Spider-Man 3. And you could tell Sam Raimi did not want that. He did not care for that character. And his era was the 60s. Spider-Man 3 is a bit shit as well. Yeah, he's terrible. Um, and the black suit shit. stuff isn't great. 
and it's just like, what is this? But even after that, they wanted to do a spin-off, and Topher Grace had mentioned in an interview that Sony were talking to him, this is in like 2008, Sony were talking to him about making a Venom movie, and everyone's reaction at the time was, how? You were a skeleton in the last one! How? How, and also, more importantly, why? Because Ari Arad really wants to make a Venom movie, apparently. And now, <laughs> and now he's got his wish, what, 30 years after the character's creation? And arguably, 30 years after the character's relevant. been relevant, yeah? Yeah. 25 right. at a pinch. It's just like... Or oh, that <sighs> version of the character. The version that Ari Arad has in his mind. When was like... the last adaptation of Venom you enjoyed outside of the comics medium? Because I really liked him in Spectacular Spider-Man. I think they found a really nice way See, of doing it. Yeah, I never watched that. much Spectacular Spider-Man, so... Oh my god, I'm lending you the DVDs. It is the best I Spider-Man cartoon ever made. It is the best Spider-Man um, cartoon. It is so good. Um, I mean, mostly because the simplistic art style was so that they could cut cost on yeah, the artwork yeah. and put the money elsewhere. And when you watch the show, you realise the money went to the writing and the money went to the action choreography and set pieces. Because mm. this cartoon is brutal. Like, the actual action, it's like, it's what you want Spider-Man action set pieces to be. And there's a, I think Venom is the villain in the end of Series 1. Like, his story arc is subtly worked into the second half of Series 1. And then he's like, the last two episodes is dealing with Brock and, and him becoming Venom. And there's a fight, I think it's like Macy's Day Parade. The fight between Spider-Man and Venom is on, on the balloons. And it's so good! Like, it's sort of shaky cam close quarters combat stuff. It's really good. Um, but aside from that, last time I enjoyed Venom in another thing was the 1999 PlayStation game. And that's because it was just the epitome See, I was of gonna... the cheesy 90s <laughs> version of him. I'm... Voiced by the guy who voices uh, Cosmo in well, Carry it's, Parents. It's, it's basically the cartoon. <laughs> like the, ni- the, the, the two Spider-Man PS1 games are basically the animated it, series. It's, well, it leans a little more to the comics, but yeah, yeah, it definitely takes me. I mean, right down to Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. reprising the role of Doc Ock. Yeah. And stuff like that. But and a lot of the designs as well, I think, come from the cartoon. Yeah, or, or like the colour schemes at yeah, least and yeah. stuff. Yeah, for the characters. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's a great game. That is a great game. Um, I like, New York, we're shouting out to the whole rotten apple here, people. I would say <laughs> Web of Shadows, but he's barely in it. Yeah, he's not in it. He's not really in it at all. He He's in it at the beginning, because he, he starts everything off by accident, doesn't he? Like, yeah. The symbiote's mutating. Yeah. Oh, beyond his control, and then he tries to, I think, rein it in at the end, but it just mutates him further, yeah. and he becomes that giant thing. And then doesn't he sacrifice himself to kill it off? It's been so long since I've played Web of Shadows, I can't remember. It's got that weird opening, hasn't it, where it's set during the bit... The, the opening is a brief snippet before the final boss fight, Yeah, in it... slow-mo, of him, Spidey just walking slowly toward the building, yeah. and all this stuff around it. And it's like... It's really weird. And then everything's in flashback. Yeah, and it also... Did it have trophy support? Yeah. I don't remember if it had trophy... Oh, see, it's just pre-trophy support, yeah. Maybe it's one that was patched afterwards. It never got patched in. Did it not? No. Nope. See, I'd replay it just to get the trophies again. As, I, as a merger, I, like, to, to revisit it and also go, oh, look, there's my trophies for it. I found GTA, a copy of it GTA 4. I started replaying it, GTA yeah. 4 just before GTA 5 came out. And I got an update. And then suddenly I was getting trophies. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. So I started replaying it from the beginning. That's one, um, of, that's one of the that's one of the many reasons I went back to Metal Gear Solid 4 not long ago. Yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. first played it when it came out. 
Of course, 2007, 2008. And yeah. then, then they put trophies. Of course, trophies in. only started to come in during 2008, didn't they? Like that was when that. they first started to show up. 2000 and... Hang on, let me think. Oh, yeah, no, late 2008. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, because some games still haven't got trophy support. Like, I completed... Uh, I platinumed, in terms of in-game, Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga back then. And it's like, oh, yeah, is it got trophies now? No. Depends on if the studios want to. Heavenly Sword, for example, doesn't have trophies. Yeah, they didn't that make was a it, la- That was a launch title. They made it mandatory going forward from a certain point, but some games mm. snuck it under the radar. But again, like, Venom's barely in that game. Yeah. And, yeah, I just... Should we get some Venom action in the new Spider-Man game? I hope not. Yeah. And I'll tell you for why. Uh, Venom, I think, is quite possibly the most... No, tied for the most used Spidey villain when it comes to video games. Yeah. Um, and, and do you know who I think he's tied with? Not that, that apple don't fall far from the tree. Carnage? Yeah. Maximum Carnage. Carn- Maximum Carnage was a massive hit for the Genesis and the uh, SNES. The and, Mega Drive. And Mega Drive. And just like... You know what I mean? Just, I mean, I mean, yeah, hell, Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is not a brilliant video game, but it's got fun Arkham combat. And I would argue, and this really annoys me, people keep talking about the new Spider-Man game, they keep going, do you know what they've got to get right? They've got to get the web swinging right, because the web swinging's not been right since Spider-Man 2. And it's like, no, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2 is not a great game, but it has the best web swinging of any Spider-Man game. I thought the web swinging in Web of Shadows was alright, but that's the last one I actually played. Yeah, but but I, I mean, the people have been going, oh, it's not, like, no, one, no one's got it right since Spider-Man 2. Mm. It's like, no, they have. Like, Treyarch and Beanox have done a lot of work to try and make web swinging even better in each game. And Amazing Spider-Man 2, it's dictated by the L2 and R2 triggers. Yeah. So the R2 is your right hand, L2 is your left hand. That's quite good. Which at first feels odd, and then you get it, and you go, oh, oh my god, this is perfect. Because you are just web, you're web swinging. You are put, mm. you are figuring out which hand to cast a web from, and it, it's it's great. Um, and it's not, it's not... A, it's not a dreadful experience playing Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, that's a glowing review. No, no, but like you can complete it in a few days and the best stuff about it is the best stuff about any Spider-Man game, which is the being Spider-Man part of swinging and leaping off buildings and doing really interesting like acrobatic combat, fighting villains, blah, blah, blah. Who am I? But I am Spider-Man. <clears throat> but also Amazing Spider-Man 2 is worth playing on the PS4 for the character models because they are so fucking terrible. The only person who has a good character model, uh, a human-faced character model, is Craven the Hunter. I, I Everyone else is dreadful. The, 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 the footage and screenshots I've seen of Amazing Spider-Man 2 make it look like an early PS3 360 game. No, the, I'll, I'll give it credit. It's, it's got it's got the Ubisoft thing where the environments are beautiful and the main, char- the main character is beautiful. Like Spidey yeah. in his suits and the alternate costumes look great. But everyone around him and everyone interacts with looks like dog shit. Especially Harry Osborn looks terrible. Um, but like they don't even try and make him look like Dane DeHaan. He looks like uh, a Lego toy of Fred from Scooby Doo. Fucking it's hell. weird. But um, the reason why I bring it up is because there's a surprise boss at the end of the game in the facility that's been dealing with all the shit in the Ravencroft. And you go in there and you go into the basements and you fight the revived corpse of the Carnage Killer, who throughout the game you're finding victims and you do evidence in a very archivist oh, way. Right, and yeah, you basically, yeah. it's Casty's apprehended, and he's like a pseudo-religious nut. Yeah. And he's more like Zaz. Um, and then at the end, this stuff that they've got in the labs of Ravencroft merges with him and he becomes Carnage. So the boss at the end of that game is Carnage. Venom and Carnage have nothing to do with the rest of the game, but there's Carnage. Um, I don't want Venom to be in Spidey 2018 for PS4. I want 
Who do we want? Like, this is a quick, quick, quick offshoot before we move on we to know we've more got, Marvels. We know we've got goodies. Mr. Negative. Mr. Negative is the big bad. We know Fisk is in it. I want... Kingpin is definitely in the game. I want Vulture. Vulture would be nice. How The game seems to be taking a lot of inspiration from the Dan Slot era. I so how would you want your Vulture? Late Dan Slot Vulture. So criminal empire running yeah. guy with a team of creepy little teenagers yeah. dressed as Vultures. Yeah. Flying around. That would yeah. be cool. I want the superior foes <clears throat> of Spider-Man. So, <gasps> New Beetle, Boomerang, Boomerang um, Overdrive, yes, Overdrive, Speed Fuck. Demon, Speed Demon, um, Shocker, Shocker. See, oh, Shocker, Shocker's got to be in Shocker it. might be in more Spidey games than any other Spidey villain. Shocker's the butt monkey of the Spider-Man. He universe. is. He's in. He's in all three of the um, of the Raimi games. Yeah. He's in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Mm. Um, he's in. I think he's in. He's in amazing. He's in Spider-Man Two: Enter Electro on the PS One. He's in that one. Yeah. Shocker's like Shocker is the butt monkey. Shocker. So that feels like the natural progression. Ooh, I'm a shocker. I shock people. Uh, oh my god! I mean, there's two. I mean, fuck's sake, there are two of him in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. There's there's fancy there's freaking fancy Dan. Yeah. Um, uh, like, who's, who's only credited by like his actual name. Yeah. And then and then Herman Schultz becomes the Shocker. Oh, <laughs> so good. Um, um, yeah, I want Shocker. <laughs> that was a good Keaton impression. I want actually, that was really good. I <laughs> want. Who else do I want? Prowler. Prowler. Do you know who I'd like, but only because I'd like to see if the writers are up for the challenge of actually giving her a character other than boobs? Black Cat. Black Cat. Yeah. Especially because we're in a more of a, a more of a Criminal Empire-style Spidey game by the look of it. Yeah. Like, make Felicia a player in that in that work. Or someone who's picking off of, of the stuff that's taken. Because she appears in every other Spider-Man video game, and she's just like, try and catch me, Spider. And that's her entire thing. And it's like... Why? What about... Why? What about... But you could totally do stuff... With... I mean, Spider-Man 2 did a good job with her, because they they did that with her. She looked terrible. They did that with her, but they also <laughs> made it a point in the story, because the idea was Peter and MJ were at that weird place. Yeah, and yeah. It, by the end of the story, the end, the last Black Cat thing, if I remember correctly, is him being like, no, you know what? I, like, I have everything I want. I don't... You know what I mean? Like, this is the easy way out. This is the big fantasy, and that's not right. And she sort of sees that. And she's like, "Okay, I respect. I respect your decision. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push you for a quick knobbing around the back of the, gonna, the back of the bins. I'm not gonna <laughs> have you motorboat me. Yeah, um, which is difficult because ninety percent of her character model was just a pair just, of tits, just boobs. Um, the only, only place to only place to ever give her a little short bob cut as well. It actually suited the character really nicely and makes more practical sense for a cat burglar. Yeah, um, um, that's why Catwoman has it. But then about, wears a mask. What about Vermin? Now, Vermin, I've been replaying The Amazing Spider-Man, but on Vita, because I played it on PS3 originally. Um, Vermin's in that. He's one of the yeah, infected yeah. thingies, and they, they do him really well, because he's not, he's not talking, he's more he's more creature than human, but yeah. he, he that they utilise him really well, and you get some really cool stuff where you try and find him hmm. by following the rats scurrying around the streets and Ooh. stuff. Vermin would work well. Considering the scope of the game and the style of it, I want a couple of the big bads to make an appearance just so we can see them in Somniac Doc style. And Doc Ock is such an obvious choice in the good way because it's like, yes! Hobgoblin. Because um, I don't no. want them to blow their Osborne ward. I don't want them to do any goblins until the second game. Okay. I think save your goblins um, because I, lo- I love them and they're amazing, but 
Green Goblin should always be the main player of a story, and it should be a well-written story. Save him. Molten Man. You joke, but I would totally play that level. Um, <laughs> I would play that level like crazy. Uh, That'd be great. Paper Doll. Okay, you just you, you're jerking me off now yeah, with your paper hands. Oh, paper Doll would be really good. Um, oh, we say that, weren't we? Because there was belief yeah. that you might be playing as MJ. Yeah, that'd be a cool side mission. Yeah, because that her paper doll story uh, arc involved MJ and, and the guy she was seeing at the time, and yeah, um, um, who the doppelganger? No, <laughs> <laughs> give us lizard, the Spider Queen. Give us lizard, but like in big old lizard lab yeah, coat, big old lizard, lab, lab coat lab lizard. lizard, lab coat lizard, lab um, coat lizard. What about what about that Nazi bee guy? Swarm, swarm. Nazi bee guys. It's a man made of bees, what, but not just any bees. Nazi bees. Why don't we borrow from um, Fantastic Four and have the hate monger, who <laughs> may or may not be Adolf Hitler? Can we have the hate or monger? Or body double. Can we have the hate monger, kill monger, and iron monger? <laughs> so many mongers. All the mongers. We are the monger m- men. Men. <laughs> hey, hey, we're the mongers. <laughs> um, people say we monger around. Uh, Terrible. We're going to hell. Ryan monger. Um, but we're going to avoid the law long enough to see Infinity War. Uh, yeah. What do we think is going to happen in Infinity War? Uh, I mean, first of all, first of all, <clears throat> are we excited for Infinity War? What is the official big damn cast excitement level for Infinity War? I'm a solid eight. I'm a good eight. I'm just rock solid. Are you? Oh, oh God, you are. I can yeah. see it. You're poking the mic. Just rock solid. Oh, why? Get it off the um, mic. I can't. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm it's like, piercing. It's magnetic. I don't think I'm on that level of OMG squee. This is everything. But I'm also like, having now completed our big marathon rewatch of all the MCU movies, I'm now like, I can't wait to see this. I, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing this. And, but I keep reminding myself that it's part one. Because the, the way the film's being marketed, it's being marketed as like, this is it. It's all been building to this. And for obvious reasons... We Forget that we're releasing another film in three yeah. months. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> yeah. Releasing another movie in three months, which we'll want you all to be excited for, and we're possibly blowing our wad here. Um, but, yeah, I just... I'm looking forward to it. How about you? I mean, you say you're rock solid. Are you, are you groin-tinglingly excited for this movie? <laughs> yeah, because I've not... I've seen the trailers that have been bouncing around, but I've not like watched all the TV spots. Yeah, I've, I've avoided watched, clips. I've not watched any of the clips, so I'm relatively unspoiled. I've seen one um, clip which I was really annoyed about because it was it was at the start of a Kimmel interview with some of the cast, and it, yeah. just, it just opened with the clip. Yeah, I was like, oh damn it! Damn it! Now um, I've seen the clip in context, so I yeah. I am looking forward to not. I've just got to make it the next couple of days without getting spoiled because I'm not seeing it till 8.30pm on Friday. Well, Thanos demands your silence. Ah, I saw that. And, um, and that's the thing too. And, I've, and I've already it's checked out... It's technically out on Friday. Like, that's when it comes out. Yeah. Um, there are showing there all are day tomorrow. Midnight screening... Is it showing all day tomorrow? It's yeah, the, the first screening is at one minute past midnight tonight. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, for those who are wondering what the fuck we're talking about... Um, so yeah, yeah, I think they get away with tomorrow being previews. Like tomorrow is previews. It just yeah. happens to be it's, it's one of them, the most movies, of the screens. Movies open like midweek now, so they can say we are the biggest opening weekend ever because our weekend started on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> da 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 da. This movie's uh, gonna make just all the fucking money. Will it make Black Panther money? 
Yeah. Do you think so? Because Black Panther made some big money, then by week two it made more money, and then it just kept making money. It will knock the lack of spots, because Panthers don't have spots, Leopards have spots, (laughs) off Black Panther. Guarantee it. It's going to be... It's going to be Avatar big. It's going to be me. It's just going to be huge. I put this out on Twitter yesterday, actually, um, and no one's come up with a coherent answer yet, which is... Black Panther is still in theatres because of demand. Yeah. Infinity War is going to be in theatres like the next few days. Yeah. That means next week, in most theatres, at least around the UK, Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War will be playing. Yeah. That's two movies in the same series. Yeah. But specifically two movies featuring the same cast. Yeah. Has that ever happened before? Same cast playing the same characters. Like, that's that's got to be unheard of, surely. How close together were the... Um... Matrixes were six months apart, so there might have been a bit of crossover. How but that was probably more of a, oh, we're going to put um, the second one back on this week, yeah. ahead of the third one coming out, so come and see it. How close together were the Star Wars re-releases in the late 90s, the uh, special edition ones? Um, I'm not sure, I, th- I, only, I saw A New Hope in theatres. When they re-released it in if there anything like If there anything like the plans that they were going to do for the 3D uh, release... Oh yeah, that went really well. It would be like, <laughs> they're, on for like they're on for like two weeks, yeah. and then they go away, yeah. and then the other one, like a month after, like a month later, the other one was done for two weeks. Although the, I think the 3D ones, they changed it so it was going to be one one gets a release every six months, and then it stopped. And then they just didn't do... They, just did, they only did the first one, didn't they? They only did, they did Phantom, Phantom Menace. Because I, I always wanted the Phantom Menace soundtrack, and they re-released it with a, a couple of uh, bonus tracks and some extra inserts in the, the booklet yeah. for the to coincide with the 3D release of it. Because um, my version of the soundtrack's got a big 3D on the front. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm glad for that, because I was like, I always wanted the soundtrack. It's the one thing about this movie I genuinely love, and I would like to own it, please. Um... So yeah, uh, I th- although it's revealed that part of that might have had something to do with the Disney acquisition. Yeah, I would have thought so. In retrospect. I would have thought so. Um, but also, because it's just, we're going to release all the Star Wars movies in 3D, it's like, yeah, but you know you're not going to start making your money until your fourth release. <laughs> and the studio, because they were releasing them, of course, chronologically yeah, yeah. in the film order. Uh, so it's like, well, obviously people aren't going to spend all of their cash going to see the prequels. So the studio, Fox probably would have been like, yeah, we're going to can this after the second yeah. one anyway, because Returns wouldn't have been enough for them to carry it. It's so stupid. Returns wouldn't but, have let you make it oh, to Return terrible. of the Jedi. But that means that out there somewhere is at least a, a, a completed version of clones in 3D conversion. And probably a mostly complete version of Revenge of the Sith in 3D conversion. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if we'll ever get an IMAX release, an IMAX 3D release of all the whole saga. The whole damn saga. All nine of them. Oh, God. They'll release them. One a month through tw- throughout 2020. Yeah, it's great. I'll buy my tickets, oh, but then I'll take a dinner slash toilet break throughout Attack of the Clones, most of Revenge of the <laughs> Sith, and all of The Last Jedi. Um... Oh! Oh! <laughs> Shots fired! Hey, I'm still supporting the movie inadvertently. What's that up there? That is... <laughs> That's... <laughs> 
Star Wars, the Black Series, Ray, Island Journey, or as they say in France, Voyage Solil. Yeah, so, now I wanted that because I got the tiny version, and I thought it looked really cool, and they finally brought her out in the Black Series, um, but technically it's Last Jedi merchandise, so I'm allowed to insult The Last Jedi at least once a day, because I've given them money. Are you not buying it on Blu-ray? No, I'm not rushing out. I will eventually. I've not bought it yet, to be fair. I will eventually, f- for completion's sake, and also I think after, I think... I think after a time would be better for me to then revisit it with, you know, fresh eyes and be like, okay, like, let's see what I do enjoy. Um, oh, wow, this is actually the best Star Wars movie <clears throat> since Empire Strikes Back. No, that's that's Return of the Jedi is the best one since Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> it's not better than Empire Strikes Back, but it's definitely the most enjoyable. Um, because look at all them puppets. <laughs> yeah. Look at all them goddamn you know, you puppets. Can, you can play as Ewoks now in Battlefront 2. Can you? There's, they've released a Knight on Endor update. You know, I'm not, you, know, you, know, you know I'm doing Battlefront 2? I'm doing exactly what I did for Battlefront. I'm just waiting until it's like a tiny. I've not dove into And then I'm, I'm going to buy it and binge. I've not dove back into it because Warframe is a far superior game. Fair enough. Because so. I spent £5 on Battlefront and then when I got PlayStation vouchers two Christmases ago, I spent in the sale yeah. 11 99 on the complete season pass. Yeah. So basically, I spent what sixteen ninety nine on Battlefront and got all of the good shit. Which you probably how much that game should have been in the first place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't think uh, fixing the progression has fixed Battlefront two because it's still like triple A twattiness. No, it's just it's like it's <laughs> a it's a competent first person slash third person whatever you want it to be really, but mm. really you want to play in first person I'm, shooter. I'm not with a shooter guy. Star Wars skin. Like, I'm, I'm not a shooter guy. The majority of the joy I got from playing Battlefront was just the sound design, the look of it, and the layouts more than anything. I didn't give a shit about the weapons. I mean, I, half the time I didn't give a shit about who I played as. I we're just like supposed the to be talking about Infinity War anyway. We um, are. Um, uh, will it make? Uh, will it make people as devised in their uh, responses? Devised it. Divided it. Divided um, the words you're looking for. I like that Wookie. Really uh, well. Will they? Will do you think it's going to divide opinion as much as say like Last Jedi? Considering I think a lot of people will be going into Infinity War going, "Oh my god, we're gonna have a great time," but it's clearly going to be a bit of a bleak finish. I'm, I, that my, my prediction now is that the ending is an overwhelming cliffhanger, and it's going to be a pretty bleak one. I'm going to say no. It's not going to be as divisive. Okay, because. <laughs> I I don't think I think most of the people who like hold Marvel and that Marvel's history and stuff as dear as hold Mar- as hold Star Wars' lore. Um, yeah, I think I get what you're saying. I I think <laughs> they've accepted that this is its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't have to be beholden to the Marvel Pantheon. The the, the Marvel Comics Pantheon because it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe is it's, it's it's its own creation. It's not, you know, usurping something, something that has been in the collective consciousness since uh, nineteen seventy-seven. Well, no, because it's nineteen eighty-three. It's the expanded, yeah, like the expanded universe and that concept of post-Jedi Star Wars universe that so many people have taken to heart, despite the fact that it was mostly guff. Um, <laughs> But hey, whatever. Um, so I don't think that people have got that same... Mm. People care about Marvel, but they're not as... <clears throat> and also these characters are more... 
the fates fluid. Are, the fates are more flexible yeah. because we're so used to different versions and, and different and tellings. Yeah, like I was thinking about this on the on the walk over is like in the same way that there are so many versions of old myths and legends, mm. there are so many versions of these characters and their stories because that's what they are. Yeah. They're modern myths. They're modern storytelling where the Greeks told stories about titans and gods. We tell stories about mad titans and new gods. True. True that. Famalam. Yeah. A ding dong. Yeah. A ding a dong. Who's going to die? Um... Everyone. If anyone, Spider Man. <clears throat> uh, maybe, but only because they'll bring him back in part two with the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. Like I think, yeah, Spider Man's gonna die and he's gonna get brought back with use of the time gem. Or yeah, the Gauntlet. I think a few people are gonna snuff it because they'll get brought back, but there'll be one who doesn't because it's part of like the sacrifice. Doing uh, it's it gonna all. be. It's gonna be Iron Man. It's gonna be Tony. It's gotta be Tony hasn't because it? He, because he can't. He's got to go. He's got, you know, got to you know, take I him would, off the I table. would have said Cap. I would have said Cap. Um, because I part of me is like, keep Tony around as part of the Spider-Man extended cast. Like, mm. keep him as an element of that, those movies now. But then I realised something during our MCU rewatch. Yesterday we rewatched Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok. And Homecoming ends with Tony giving Peter the option to suit up and announce to the world, like, this is the newest Avenger, Spider-Man. Yeah. And then, like, Peter turns it down because he's like, I think I'm going to stick to being a friendly neighbourhood spider for a bit. And it's like, okay, la, 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 off he goes. And then you realise, oh, the press are actually there. They do need to make an announcement of some sort. So Happy gives um, Tony an oh, engagement yeah, finally ring. finally get engaged. Which I thought was really sweet because he says, like, I've been holding on to this since 2008. Which I thought was really sweet because it's like, oh, of course you have John Favreau because you wrote and directed the first <laughs> film. <laughs> but obviously that, that moment, because it's a cameo from Gwyneth Paltrow, that is there to make you go, oh, Pepper! And it's also there to make you go, oh my god, they've made up! Because obviously in Civil yeah, War, yeah. part of Tony's stressful situation is that he's let everything consume him and has driven Pepper away. Yeah. So they've made up. He's obviously, after Civil War, he's obviously mellowed out enough to at least try to patch things up with Pepper. And then he takes the ring as they go out to the press conference, implying that he's about to propose to her in front of the world's press. Of course they're going to kill Tony off. Yeah. Of course they are. Maybe not in this one. Or, or maybe they do, and then he's definitively ended in the next one. Yeah. But also because Downey Jr. is the, is the, is, is the gem in their crown. It started with him, so I yeah. think he had, it has to, for it to move on and become something completely new. Yeah. Like with a, with a new, with a new core cool cast, I think it has to move beyond him, and I think they have to get, get rid of him. Also, he's heading towards 60 now? He's in his early 50s. Yeah, so like, he um, can't so, be doing this forever. Yeah, I mean, then again, arguably, he doesn't do much of the action anyway. Um, we know... <laughs> he stands around with some little grey blocks attached to his shoulders, and then they CGI wow. some armour over him. We know that contract-wise, <laughs> uh, Chris Evans is done after Avengers 4. Yeah, and, and, he, um, and he's made a point of saying that uh, that will be his last one. Yeah. And then, of course, people's response was like, why did you get killed off? And he's like, Oh no! Th- this is regardless of the story. Yeah, like, yeah. I I just feel that's that's where I'm going to end my thingy. And so, I think that's fine. Yeah, and it's that's... like which implies that if he's not going to die, he's at least going to bow out in the story. Yeah, in some way. Which which I think um, is fine. Um, oh my god! You know, be the oh my god. Oh my god! You know, be the perfect way to end Steve's story. What's that? We've got the time gem, right? Send him back in time. You've got you've got all the gems. Send him back eight o'clock. 
sharp that club and he, t- he takes the dance with Peggy and just do a whole thing of like things are going to change and it's going to send a ripple but that doesn't fucking matter because we're seeing the story from the point of view of these characters going forward yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter oh my god if that's the way they write him out that would be beautiful like he actually goes back and he gets to just live a life with Peggy Carter that would be so cool yeah I'm alright with that oh my god now I've said it sorry oh love it love it love it um Hemsworth's contracts are up at the end of Avengers 4. Yeah. But he has openly stated that after Ragnarok, there are stories he really wants yeah. to tell because he feels they've found the style that Thor should be in Because he, he's also talked about when he came on to do Infinity War, he was like, yo, we've just done this with Ragnarok, so can we keep moving in that direction and not go back the way we came? Yeah, and from a couple of the non-spoiler reviews I've seen so far, they do say that the Ragnarok tone is lost a little in yeah. this. So I kind of get that. Um, but also, like, the tone of Ragnarok can't invade this movie because this movie is its Although own beast. Although I, I have heard that it is pretty funny. Like, humour mm. takes a front seat in the way it has in all the yeah. movies to, to a lesser or, or greater degree. I think we're going to spend the film, based just on those posters they've been putting out, I think we're going to spend the film with either three or four different groups. Yeah. And that's going to be where we... we jolt back and forth between with a couple of them coming together for the big Wakanda stuff yeah um <clears throat> so that'd be nice I think because then everyone gets like a bit of a moment I think that it might end with uh, Thanos kills half the universe well that's thing. yeah rereading Infinity Gauntlet um as I was saying before like his objective in that basically is issue one is just him being a whiny little bitch yeah but in a really eloquently Shakespearean worded way, because is, he's, he's just monologuing yeah. to I mean, fuck. that's that's Thanos. Yeah. So. Although although some writers do better with it. Who's he wrote Thanos Rising? Is it Jason Aaron? Uh, I believe so. Let's have a look. Thanos Rising is yeah, Jason Aaron. Yeah. Um, he he finds such a, a much more streamlined way to do it, where it still feels grand and yeah. Shakespearean, but is also concise and digestible. Infinity Gauntlet issue one is basically him pissing and moaning at death's door, going, look, you brought me back to life to, like, even out the balance of life and death. He's John Cusack with the boombox. Yeah, it's like, love me. Love, look, all right, okay, you want me to, all right, uh, watch this. Um, See this? This is my daughter Nebula. Like, I kept her in a state of living death. Yeah. Like, she is basically a mummified corpse that is barely conscious right now, because comics, because... Like, I, I do this as a display of my love and no for you. Happens, this... I celebrate death so much that I keep her on the brink of it because it's a, it's a magic thing to watch. It is a beautiful thing to see. And no matter what happens, this isn't going to come back to bite me in the <laughs> yeah. ass at all. She's not going to recover somehow, become blue, vengeful, and try and murder me uh... later. Um... But like, do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, he's got yeah. the he's got the Infinity Gauntlet, and he's toying with people like the Silver Surfer and um, the Destroyer, as he's just called at that point. Yeah. I think um, he's called Drax the Destroyer. In the, in the book, they only refer to him as, as the Destroyer. Oh, okay. But I think that's just because that's his name to everyone. Yeah. He yeah. also talks monosyllabically, and it's really annoying. Um, he's just like, "You put down." It's just like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, we didn't get smart um, Drax until <clears throat> just before Annihilation in yeah. two thousand and four, and he. Uh, like they go to fight Thanos when they first find out he now has all the gems because I forgot Infinity Gauntlet opens with him already in possession of everything yeah because it had been a uh, there had been a lead up to it in Silver Surfer ah there it is and basically he just 
spends days toying with them, like yeah. turning them into mush and, and warping their brains and, and like breaking like three or four dimensions from them so that they just exist on a one dimensional plane. Just and, and then he brains. and then he brings them back and just fires them into space, and it's like. Yeah. Really? <laughs> like, they're going to come back? Well, yeah, because... <laughs> because Silver Server fucking crashes in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Which is what we're going to get with Hulk in this, I think. Yes. Um... God, yeah! The fu- Yes, that f- trailer, Ruffalo and the Rubble. Yeah. Oh, my God, the- yes! Yeah. And, of course, yeah, Thor Ragnarok's mid credit scene is a massive ship intercepting the ship with the Asgardians, so... Uh-huh. Like, that's Thanos and his Black Order. Um, um, looks like Loki's going to be joining up with them. Yeah, or at least, or at least double agent. Yeah, I think Loki returns. I think, I think, Loki I think we're gonna get. Be... I think we're. Gonna, I think Loki's next. On, yeah, on, I think we're gonna get a heroic arc. sacrifice from Loki, a redemptive arc. Yeah, I think he's he's gonna um, siege. But it wouldn't he's, surprise he's gonna me. do. A, he's gonna do a siege. He's gonna do the right he's thing. Do a siege at the last minute. It wouldn't surprise me if we get a like a, a <laughs> finger snap moment, and half the universe just fucking disappears. Oh yeah, because that that's so, that, like, at the end of issue one. He basically yeah. declares like. That's what you want. You want balance. I'll give you. And he clicks his fingers, and, and suddenly it's... people disappear. There's a really harrowing panel where a woman's screaming at a, at a pram, just going, "My baby, yeah, where is yeah. my baby?" Because when it first happens, like... everyone's fully aware that it just happened, and it's like, "Oh, yeah." It's like, this is "Oh with, God." There's a bit with Spidey where he's like on top of a building, and he just sees like half of all the people on the street just blink out of existence. Yeah, and it's like, what the. F- and, like that, and the, the tail end of that is like, um, yeah. like Surfer is like pleading with Strange that he has to do something, yeah. and Wong just says, "I can't," and then he just disappears, and like he's holding a tray of tea, and it just yeah. crashes to the floor, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. So I think oh. we, we... like yeah, Hawkeye and I can't remember her name. There's a there's a Lady Avenger from like the West Coast era. Uh, Tigra. No, no, I, I, I'd remember the, I'd remember if it was just a woman sat there in a bikini. Um, I am, I am a perverted filth box after all. I can't uh, remember her name now. But she, like the two of them, the Captain America visits uh, the Avengers yeah, like yeah. mansion, and the two of them just disappear. Yeah, and you're like, oh, oh, all oh, right, oh, bye, Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's where he is. Uh, that's where he is in the trailers. Um, no, I think we're gonna get that as like the cliffhanger to this, and I think yeah, we're gonna lose like. We'll lose like important characters, like we might lose Spider Man. We'll my we'll lose either Black Panther or Shuri. Um, we'll probably lose... if they know what's good for him, they'll at least leave um, Okoye. Yeah, if they know um, what's good for him, we'll lo- we'll lose just one... to give her a really fucking cool moment where she like stabs uh, the fuck out of like Proxima Midnight yeah. in Part Two and just screams Wakanda forever. He'll be like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, Wakanda forever. I don't know what to expect from the Black Order, actually. Yeah, for, uh, from uh, Corvus. Let's see if, let's see if I get the names right because I always forget. Proxima Midnight. Yeah. Corvus Glaive. Yeah. Um. Uh. Ebony Moore. Yeah. And in the comics, he's Black Dwarf, but, but in, in this, this, he's called Cull Obsidian. Yeah. Yay! What do I win? Are they doing Super Giant? I don't think they're doing what, Super Giant. Do, are do they? I win anything? No. Yeah. Unless they bring Super Giant in as like part of. You get, you get a no. You get a no prize. Yay! Don't um, get it in the envelope and everything. <laughs> Genuine. Congratulations, but you are now the owner of a genuine no prize. Has our Stan Lee become Gilbert Godfrey? You are now the owner of a genuine no prize. Well done on achieving your heart's desire of a piece of paper with the word no written on it. Jafar! Um, anyway. 
Oh, oh god. Um, yeah, Infinity War. Peep's gonna die, I think. It's um, gonna taste great. <laughs> I've not heard that in years. <laughs> Jesus wept for good reason. Um, yeah, let's let's do some emails. Speaking of good reasons, let's let's read some emails. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. For the love of God! Oh, it's gonna um, take. You. I can feel the sound of Frosty's hitting me. Play. It was Frosty's, wasn't it? Yes, because there was that rumor going around that that kid killed himself after the. Oh, like shortly after it started yeah, airing. Yeah. yeah, God, of course. Wow, that is a weird thought. I mean, all of that is a weird thought. There are some of our younger listeners going, I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, right. Emails. Got quite a few to catch up on. My um, God. First one comes in from a dumb mountain. Dear Chris and Matt. Not Chris and Matt. I think it's fair to say that Series 1 and Series 5 are two of the more well-regarded series of modern... Are you ready for it? Doctor Who is required. That's in my opinion, at least. Considering they were both the first series of a new show, do you think that Chibnall will be able to produce a Series 11 that packs the same punch scene in those two series? Uh, is this Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, reluctant to answer a Doctor Who question? Definitely. Oh, God. Okay. Do we think Series 11 is going to have the same punch as Series 1 and Series 5? Uh, yes, if only for the fact that it's an, it's a big shift in terms of the makeup of the show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it should definitely feel like a big refresher button. Yeah. New showrunner, um, new companions, new logo! Um, uh, new female Muzak, doctor. New Tardoy um, inside an oot. Um, yeah, I think it'll definitely pack that punch. No, I, I mean, there's no way to know if it'll be as well received as those two series were. But I think until it it's be. out. But fingers crossed. I think it will pack a punch. What kind of punch? I don't know. Like donkey punch. Oh, donkey oh. punch. I was going to go for the horror um, one. Yeah, soccer punch. Hole punch. Ooh. <laughs> and Judy, comma, punch. Sucker punch. Dirty. One Punch Man Punch. Hey. Hey. Um, Chris. Where are we getting that movie? Chris. <laughs> yeah. Chris. Yeah. Chris. Huh. I recently watched your Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways episodes of 9 is 10 and I thoroughly enjoyed them. You watched them? That's surprising. You, it's an audio. You know exactly what question's coming next, don't you? Go for it. Ugh. Did you ever consider doing Teddy's 10 past the Christmas Invasion? I know a, a title like that would no longer apply to Series 2 and 3, but it would apply to 4. But did you or would you ever consider doing something like that for 10's episodes? I know I'd watch it. No. Um, <laughs> that's... I, I toyed with it, but at the time I was doing Time Team for Doctor Who Magazine, so I was kind of... I was kind of already slash had already doing... Yeah. Slash done it. Was doing um, it, is doing it. Series 1 holds a special place in my heart as being my favourite series and my favourite Doctor's run of the show. And also, I felt like it was more of a... It was more worthy of celebration in terms of it was 10 years of the show coming back. Yeah, yeah. Um... The 10 is 10 Christmas Invasion was sort of a, a wonderful fluke slash freak accident slash bonus. Yeah. Because I enjoyed doing them and I, I wanted to I wanted to do one more in some context. I definitely wanted to get you and Guy in the same room for one as well. That's just your 
sexual peccadillos. And also, I, I feel the Christmas Invasion feels like Series One in a way. Like, yeah. It's the same year. Yeah. And it's the same vibes. And it, again, that ends in a in a way that feels like, oh my god, the next time is a brand new start. Like it feels that way at the end of Christmas Invasion. Um, so that that yeah. that almost feels like the actual refresher before it moves on to ten. Um, I mean, I'm not against doing some more Doctor Who retrospective stuff going forward. Uh, might not be complete audio commentaries, but you know, maybe we'll do the odd one or summer either on my channel or maybe for some big damn work. Who knows? Uh, maybe. If I was going to do any of that stuff, I would prefer to do classic series stuff. Yeah. I think. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we, we dipped into that briefly in 9-10. We did the first episode of Spearhead for one of the after-party episodes. Uh... Um, which ended up being, I think, the shortest after-party episode. No, 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 hang on. There's one where I just answered some questions for the listeners, and that was like seven minutes long. Um, <laughs> All the questions concise. were, are you going to do a tennis 10? No! <laughs> No, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed them. If you think, <laughs> if you think other people would enjoy them, um, spread it round. Let them know. Uh, <laughs> and finally, <laughs> now that we're a few weeks away, are the both of you planning anything special for episode 100 of the Big Damn Cast? Have a fucking week, Tom Monte. Has you has you written have a fucking week? have a fucking week? Okay, bit of a smithism. Yes, yeah, um, a semi-smodcast little... Uh, I think taste. that we can now announce that episode 100 of the Big Damn Cast yes. will actually be the first episode of a new ongoing series, 10 is 10. Oh, God. <laughs> um, no, we t- have no plans. Yeah, I mean, TBC. I mean, it's... it's TBC. It's a bit dicey week to week <laughs> when we're going to do another episode. No, that's a lie. Um... <laughs> I don't know until I get here whether we're going to do another episode. No, um... <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> no, um... Shortest sentence in the Bible. We we, um. we are seeing the the hundred looming yeah. now in the near future, and the last time we properly spoke yeah. about the hundred, I think, was in January, because we realised, oh my god, we're going to hit hundred, yeah. Um, but there's also that thing of do we do something special for the hundred or do we save it for a hundred and four, which is technically the two year anniversary of the show? Do both. All right. Why not Zoidberg? <laughs> Why not Zoidberg? Why not Zoidberg? <laughs> Did you see me escaping? I was like, whoa! <laughs> um, oh, we've never done a future. We should do a few more ep- like show specific ones. Yeah, we've never done that yeah. in a while. Yeah. I could um, I could stand to do some like future armor, well anything. Fun. Ooh, baby. We need, get, we need to watch from Westworld, boy. I do. How many episodes of series one? Ten. Ten? Yeah. Alright. If yeah. it's if it's back up on um it, now TV. It was on Now TV before series two came out. I don't know if it's still up. Because series two's just started. Um yeah, failing that, I think the first series just came out on D V D in the UK. I remember seeing it in Tesco. Um <laughs> We're not endorsed, but Tesco wants to pop in a Tesco and buy Tesco me a copy of Westworld. Um, Tesco can't. Tesco can't. Tesco can't. Tesco can't. Tesco won't. Tesco can't. Two ladies. Tesco the Dervilles. Um, the Ginger Luke writes in. Does he? Yeah, but I'm not going to read it. No. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine the furore on Twitter? Um, he would, he would, he would light a candled vigil towards you and curse it. Says, "Hey, big damn cat!" Curse it sideways and hither and dither, sir, until eventually all of your knees fell off. It's great to hear how much you enjoyed my poem and the information of my film. I am, in fact, fourteen years old. Bloody hell. I think we covered this. We covered this. I, I think mean, we might have covered it. We definitely we might, covered this. I think we might have covered it because we we've enjoyed had the, this. We, we did listen to the old. We've Randy had this Quaid. conversation. The old Randy Quaid. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we've had this conversation. For those of our regular listeners, Luke um, Luke emails in quite often, and basically he's an insanely creative person for someone who's 14. Um, it's annoyingly successful. Yeah. Um, I, I was on, guess on my tits a bit. You know? I was thinking when it's made, <laughs> I could give you guys an early access link so you can review the film before its release. I promise him we'll review it, but we'll certainly watch it. Yeah, um, we'll in, in terms of Greg Austin's appearance, I always say if you don't ask, you don't get, and that's taken me a lot of places and allowed me to have many great guests on my podcast. That's, that's true. No, it's very true. Um, very true. A, lot of not, a lot of Nanny's 10 was just you, down to putting feelers out. Yeah, you do not get. Got a lot of, um, I got a very polite, um, very polite nose from people who are either too busy or like, I just don't know if I want to do that, but thank you very much. Yes. Like, you know, fair news. Um, I, I feel I've missed something. What's the big deal with Five Who Fans in Telford? Uh, I'm the wrong person to ask on that one, to be honest. <laughs> um, but from Telford with Love is on its way now. There's been there was a bit of a big production oh, right. delay with oh. Is that what it is? Although there was a bit. Of... I'm in that one. You are. We're both, we're, we are both in that one. <laughs> uh, which yeah, I um, I'm looking forward to finally hearing. I I, I got round. It took it took me like a couple extra weeks because of Panto, but I finally got round to listening to um, the Pompous Redemption. Or as I like to call it, the Pompous Redompus. The Pompous Redompus. Uh, it's really good. It's really, really good. Pompous Stomper. Uh, friends of the show from Smash the Media are, uh, play a couple little characters in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they both done really well. Like, I, I, I say that like I'm like, oh, I didn't expect it, but no more like, oh, I wonder how they're going to fare with this, because they're not, like, actors, but, you know, Danny is a uh, you know, presenter and knows what he's doing, and Guy has definitely got, like, that comedy thing about it. They're both really really fucking funny in it. Mm-hmm. I think they play two roles each and they just the way they deliver it is just like god damn it like they steal the, how can you steal a scene they call if me, that scene is all in your head they call me two roles they call me two roles McGee um, but they're really good now. I'm really super serious and I barely have any comedy lines because <laughs> Tim's going through quite a serious story arc <laughs> but all, all of Tim's scenes have at least there's a guy called Commander Boxing who's played by um, Pete Walsh Jesus who's goodness. really funny and then the scientist is in a lot of those scenes as well but Richard B. Brooks' character so Tim's scenes are funny Tim just isn't saying the funny lines Boxy Loxy um, Commander Boxing is really funny Last week I got to meet the best doctor and one of my favourite actors Christopher Eccleston I thought you were say Dr. Leg Is he a qualified doctor? I want to see his medical license. He's a doctor of acting. What a friendly man. <laughs> he signed a Doctor Who picture on my DVD of the A word as well as oh, telling cool. as well as telling you as well as telling all you outside, all you outside, all you outside that he doesn't know why the press says he doesn't like talking about Doctor Who. Can't possibly think why. He was also very impressed I'd seen Let Him Have It. Should I write more poems about actors or even about you guys? Definitely don't write anything about us. Yeah. That's bordering on the strange. Um, the Dr. Stephen Strange. Yes. Man sweat. I think I'm forgetting something, but I can't figure out what, so maybe there'll be a follow-up email. And he sent a couple of pictures of him and, and, and the old... Um, the old... The old... Crackles- decrepit. The old Crackleston. 
<laughs> I'm assuming. Actually, no, no. I'm sure you tweeted me about this, Luke. I'm assuming yeah. it's because you went to see him in uh, Macbeth. Macbeth. Yeah, in fact, they had the outside the uh, outside Macbeth. the RSC main theater in Scotland. But even I saw that the other week. Really bloody good, and he's very good in it. Um, him and Neve Cusack are fucking wonderful in it as, yes. as Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. Um, I think I, the thing that's put me off is that it's just it's more fucking Shakespeare. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I think I think with me, I was more just. I mean, like, I always the Royal Shakespeare Company, but it's like, hmm. oh, it's just, oh, every year they've got another version of this Shakespeare play, but this time it's in this setting, and but it's the Shakespeare play the, that we yeah. all know. Well, the draw, the draw for me with this one was just solely the chance to see him do Shakespeare. Well, that's always a draw. It's, yeah. it's who's playing what, and it's just. Mm. But it, it's yeah. I just I, have I you seen what happened this week? I always find it hard. to Have you seen what happened this week? Because it's like Shakespeare's Shakespeare. like something birthday. Uh, uh, yeah, like his four hundredth birthday or something like that. Um, Twentieth. So the ro- the ro- Royal Mail ha- have done like some tie-in stuff for it. Oh, and uh, there's a post box. The post box in Stratford upon Avon has been adorned with quotes from his from his plays. Good. And to celebrate it, stuff like the other day, the Royal Mail did a quick sort of photo shoot with the two leads of the upcoming production of um, Romeo and Juliet that's going to be going on at the RSC. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can tell they're sort of like, oh, you just want to pose next to the person. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it, either way, it's still like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, the stars of the upcoming show are there to sort of say, hey, look, look at this post box. It's freaking cool. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people on Twitter quite quickly pointed out, wow. You, you really think Romeo and Juliet is the right play to associate with letters arriving on time? <laughs> Do you really think that's the right one? Mm. <laughs> to talk about the post and how it should be there in the nick of time? Yeah, com- communication is very important. <laughs> letters Especially... do not play a particularly reliable As... role <laughs> in the play Especially Romeo and Juliet. Especially, you know, <laughs> timely communication. It's just so odd. It's like it's it's just it's weird. It's weird. It'd be, it'd be like a, it'd be like a harbour safety campaign, um, like using using the stars of Jaws. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like that's no that f- using them makes us think of people being bitten and eaten and dying. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's stupid. But yeah, Jaws is a good movie. I want to see Eccleston in more stuff in general. I want to see Eccleston in Jaws. Just in Jaws. Yeah. Like, in Jaws. Just photoshops of him sat in Jaws. Yeah. Do you know, it's like, not, not just the, the shark. Just like someone goes around yeah. the museum and just takes photos of every skull they're, they can they're find. All, they're all framed. Yeah. <laughs> with a jaw. It just pictures of Christopher Eccleston. He, he fills the gaps. with an open jaw. He fills the gaps. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, ty- Tyrannosaurus skulls from the side have those like little yeah. sort of circular gaps in the top he's, of the He's bottom. wearing... Just put his face in all of them. He's wearing the skulls like hats. <laughs> um, I'm going to set Ginger Luke a poem task. Let me, no, don't! No, I'm going to say one. Ginger don't! Luke, Ginger Luke, take your time, don't rush it. Uh, and keep it... As you I'm task, not reading keep it. it to, I'm not reading keep it. Keep it to three verses maximum. I'm not reading you it. You saw Macbeth... Uh, I believe he saw it twice, if I remember correctly what he told me on the tweet here. So, I want a little poem about Macbeth. Go. There's your own work. I hate you so much. Chris. You don't hate me, um, because you're going to perform it in the voice of Tim Curry. Oh, fucking duck. Okay. Um, <laughs> so. Lewis sends in. Lewis with his eyes and neck and teeth. Greetings. And dreams and greasy tub. Full of all that stuff he collected from meats. 
Greetings again, big damn people. Hey, dude. Been a while since my last email. Been busy preparing for GCSEs and all that stuff. Oh, that's Which is stressful, fun. but hey, it's all good. Oh. Why is our audience all so young? God, I feel old. Don't um, swear. Just don't swear. Oh, fuck that. Um, <laughs> I can't bloody wait for Infinity War. Oh, he swore. Lewis um, swore. Been immersing myself in MCU content recently in preparation. Ooh. Sounds messy. I think this is the most excited <laughs> I've been for a film since Avengers 1 back in 2012. I think the biggest reason for that is how long we've spent with these characters. Ten years! now. It really feels like an earned culmination of 10 years and 19 films worth if, mm. of, of content. <clears throat> I think yeah. my biggest bugbear my big bear with the uh, <laughs> DCEU by comparison is nothing feels earned. They launched straight into a Death of Superman Dark Knight Returns adaptation without giving mm-hmm. us time to get to know any of those characters. Yep. Thus no time to get invested and give a damn. I've got attached and connected to these characters in the MCU for so long now that this big culmination feels so earned and fatigue. Um, fatigue. Fatigue. As well as this, I've also finished season two of Buffy, which ripped out my heart mm. and crushed yep. it. Yep. Absolutely it bloody brilliant TV. <laughs> yes, yeah, pretty It stood good, in mate. front of you, it whispered softly, and you, whilst you stand there confused and panicked, it tells you to close your eyes. And then when you did, it plunges a fucking sword into you and threw you into the dimensional rift you opened because you were evil two minutes ago. As a side note, <laughs> and off topic, yeah, I've never heard you two talk about your thoughts on the 70s and 80s Superman flicks. Personally, I love them. Ooh. What are your thoughts? That's all from me, I think. Goodbye for now. So just my real quick thoughts on them. Yeah. Um, Superman 1's great. Superman yeah. 2 is a bit weird, but pretty good. Yeah. Superman 3 is... A weird quirk of a thing. Yeah, it's, <coughs> it's not it's seventy percent terrible, thirty percent I'm entertained. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not it's not yeah. objectively it's not objectively a crap movie. It's uh, just full kind of, of it's full of crap. Um because you've got some good... You've got, like, Chris Reeves' take on yeah. bad Superman, which Pass, is oh which God. is not evil. It's just a, a dickhead. Do you know what I mean? Which I think is right, because his, his, his Clark Kent and his Superman is so pure and good yeah. that evil Superman wouldn't be like, I will tear this world apart! He but, would just be a cunt. And that's what he is. And also you get that bit where the woman gets turned into a robot by the machine, which, which terrifies to generations oh of children. Oh, God, it's terrifying. And um, and Quest for Peace is a brilliant get drunk and take the piss out of a movie. Quest for Peace is just dog shit. It's so bad. I enjoy it because of how bad it is. And it's just... But it... Nuclear man. I feel, I feel for Christopher Reeve. I would love to do an episode at some point on on Superman adaptations. Um, so like Lois and Clark and stuff. Um, I I love those first two films. The second one, like you say, the second one's not. It's not brilliant, but it's definitely there's more enjoyable stuff in it. I have a soft spot for Superman Returns, but I think it does a lot yeah, of things. Superman right, Returns is fine, but it's. It definitely casts the most evil man to play Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's going to be weird trying to go back and watch that. Yeah, that's going to be strange. Um, But uh, but statistically, still, travelling back is the safest way to travel. Um, (laughs) As far as Superman the movie goes, the only thing I don't like about Superman the movie is the flying around the earth, turning things back in time, just because it's so weird. It's just Um, so... That's the only thing I don't like, but knowing that that's a product of the studio mandate and the reshoots and the editing and everything, uh, you can kind of just go like, it's dumb, 
but fine because everything else about that movie I adore yeah I adore that was it 77 78 they were shot <clears throat> together together and with then... a very brief break yeah because but then it all got, fired but then it all got yeah it all got muddled up in the in post and but, I, but I love that film yeah I adore it so much it's good how many peas in rapist that's a line from Superman that is a line from that movie <laughs> um yeah I love it I love it and we'll yeah I think we have to do we'll have to put that down as a also episode. also big love for Lois and Clark um oh, is it good I don't know did I did I love it yeah. Yeah. Um, did I spend most of my like childhood um, thinking they were the best versions of Lois and Clark? Yes. yes. Because they were there for me every um, weekday afternoon at 6.25 on BBC Two. James! No, Chris. For Christ's sake. James I've known says... For over 10 years. James says... <laughs> Hi to you big damn folks, Chris and Matt. Hello. I apologise with my whole heart... Oh, all of this. ...if this has been asked of you before. But to not dilly-dally any further, I was wondering... With Black Panther, oh, right. down the path behind us, uh, which we have just walked, and Infinity War is just around the proverbial corner, yeah. and Ant-Man and the Wasp down a gritty side alley beyond that. <laughs> a gritty what? side alley with fun graffiti. What are your respective favourite superhero film themes Ooh. from the McHugh? So we're talking musical I tour. am only talking solo films, so no Avengers. Even though that 2012 theme is ridiculously brilliant. Dun, 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 dun. It's the only theme that's Ga- really sort of lasted as yeah. well. Guardians yeah. Inferno is permitted in my book. <laughs> For myself, it's between the music that plays <laughs> in the first section of Captain America, the first Avenger, and the fast-paced version of the Iron Man 3 theme. <gasps> Can you dig yes. it? Although all versions of that music are astounding, I just wanted to get your take. Enjoy the never-ending Infinity War. I have my tickets. That's <laughs> so ominous. Um, the MCU ha- <sighs> is sort of the, the MCU and superhero films at large have been kind of absent from earworms for a very long time. Yeah, uh, they um, tried to resurrect them in Justice League and they did not work. It just felt so at out of place. Yeah. yeah, they just didn't work. Um, I mean, I really like. I actually arguably, the, arguably the best. Not counting TV, arguably the best superhero themes ever. There's two of them, and it's Superman from the from the seventies film, yeah. and Batman from the eighty nine film. I really like Hans Zimmer's Man of Steel theme, but it doesn't. Yeah, get I bought used the soundtrack. Properly. It's the only thing in that movie I own. Yeah, and it, but it doesn't get used properly after Man of Steel. Because it's got it's got that triumphant drum yeah, like yeah. thing, and, and really it sounds hopeful. Great, yeah, it's a really great theme for Superman. But it doesn't go with... It's, it's not in... Um, Batman BBS, yeah. in In any... Like, in, in anything resembling that sort of full, hopeful version. <clears throat> they use it briefly in Justice League, in yeah. the mix, but they ruin it by using a bit of the the, the Chris Reeve that, theme. Yeah. So it's like, huh? That score is a mess. Yeah. It's um, an absolute mess. Batman... We were talking about this the other day, actually, Lucy and I. Batman 89's theme... Is great. Is amazing. It's not... It's not a song that says... It's not a tune that says Batman. It's a tune that says adventure. Like, it's a march towards something exciting and cool and a, and a little bit tragic and, and, and grand and operatic. It becomes Batman's theme with the Shirley Walker arrangements for the animated series. Because when I hear that music now, I almost feel disappointed when I don't hear that... Dun, dun, dun. 
because I want to see that. I, I picture the rooftop fight of the opening mm-hmm. title sequence, um, which is unbelievably brilliant. So when it go when that theme goes to TV, it becomes Batman music. Yeah. I, th- I think for the film, it's just a wonderful score but that I associate with Batman. Superman, however, that is that's the character yeah. summed up in music. It's beautiful. And all the swoops and thinking of it right into the it just captures like every every element of the essence of that character. Good John Williams, isn't it, mate? Yeah. I mean, as for, um, as for MCU, yeah, that's. Um, I like the Guardian. Dun, 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 that's, hang on, that's Avengers. Wait a minute. The Guardians one is. But it's similar to Avengers. That's the problem. Uh, I like Spidey's. I like the music yeah. for that. Dun, 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 dun. That really lilting version of it. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 yeah, that's a dun, nice dun, dun, dun. Like it fits the small nature of his story, and Vulture's theme in that is striking as fuck. Um, I think the scores as a whole get better the more the films go on. I like think... the score for Ragnarok is fascinating. Um, I think of, of the solo movies overall, Caps has the best theme. That first one's just that big sweeping militaristic yeah. America like vibe to There are versions it of it in Winter Soldier that work really yeah. well too. I think it's the cap stuff. Yeah. I, I think if I had to pick a, not necessarily a theme but a score overall, uh, it's Black Panther. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. Because the music in that is so fucking experimental and yeah. weird. And rewatching Civil War, there's a slight taste of it mm. in the, uh, the, the, the motorway chase. Yeah. Um, obviously not the same approach because different composers but like you know that the team who worked on Black Panther paid attention to that and went we're going to use a bit of that yeah. so that it feels yeah. connected um, also I didn't realise until my rewatch of Doctor Strange that when he's driving in his car and he's turning down appointments over the phone mm-hmm. the first one is Rhodey it man in his mid th- oh, I man in his mid thirties, um, yeah. spinal injury in some kind no, of. No, they've come out and said that it isn't. Oh, so I was going to say because I mean, trying to say the only thing that made me go really was Don Cheadle saying he's in his mid thirties. Yeah, he's <laughs> aged well, but has he? He's not aged that well. Has he? Don Cheadle yeah. looks frail. <laughs> no, he's, he's got he's got strength in his bones, mate. Fair enough. Um, oh, you have to wear fucking power armor. Oh well, um, um, yeah, fine actor, no. but yeah, no. he, he does he does look a bit old. <laughs> um... <laughs> Considering well, yeah, Sam Jackson's like 30 years older than him. Well, um, <laughs> he's just got a bit of salt and pepper, that's all. Um, <laughs> oh, I love Don Cheadle. Uh, um, Jacob says... No. I'll get your name right eventually. Jacob says... Oh, Doctor Strange theme is actually quite nice. Sorry. Hi, Jacob. Hello! Like the, ma- the mandolin starts coming down. Hello. A bit like Doctor Who, I have returned and will probably go away for a bit again. Avengers... <laughs> Infinite War is just it's around the corner. War? Uh, Infinite War? It's just around the corner. So is Solo. And nobody gives a toss about that. That's fair. Oh my God, that's like three weeks away. They've got... You, have you seen oh. in the AMC the big standee they've got for Solo? No. It's like a cardboard version of the Falcon cockpit with like a life-size Chewbacca in hand. And you can like sit in the co-pilot seat and have your picture taken on the standee. Okay. Yeah. Is there any Lando on the standee? Then I give no fucks. Um, anyway, um, I've not been ex- this excited for a movie in a very, very long time. Oh. I am bubbling just thinking about it. 
I think it will be an excellent addition to the Marvel Cinematic Unitard. Are you ready for this? Hey, you've heard that in a while. Yeah. What are your predictions for Infinite War? I'll probably write in next week to give my thoughts on it. Until then, good luck, my dears. What was that about? <laughs> I don't know. Where did that come from? I don't know. Why did you turn Jacob I just into, a, into a human bee hybrid? I just had to do it. <laughs> it's because he's buzzing um, with excitement. He's buzzing with excitement. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing with excitement. Do me a favour, in that voice, say, curse you, He-Man. Curse you, He-Man! Alright, I'll, I'll buy it. You're hired. <laughs> you boobs! Um... <laughs> Yes. Um, what was it? Our, our thoughts on Infinity War ahead of the thing coming out of the thing. Uh, flip back to side A. What? Um, what was the question? No it's just like, what was our thoughts on Infinity War? What are your War? predictions for Infinite War? We did that. We yeah. did it. Back in time. We, we answered it. your email yeah. before you even had it read out. Yeah. How Baby cakes. Um, finally. I hope it fulfills your every wish. Friend of the show. Lovely Charles. Tiny Charles with his tiny eyes. Lovely Charles. Um, or as I like to call him, the Puppy Whisperer. The Puppy Whisperer. Oh, his puppers. His social media oh, at the minute is just full of puppers. So many puppers. Mr. Puppers Penguins. <laughs> Don't cry. It makes me wish I wasn't allergic to dogs. It's so agonizing to watch that. I just want to hold the puppers. But if I do, I'll die. Or oh, at least die. get sore throat. Yeah, I'll just be really We'll dope you up with antihistamines. Um, Non-drowsy antihistamines <laughs> before you meet them. Um... Go. <laughs> oh hi, my big damn boys! Oh, I like the um, way he said it textually. Uh, so I think it's safe to assume that you've talked at length about Venom already. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Got to say, though, That's it still true. very much doesn't look like my thing. Symbiote. Um, the trailer has managed to start clawing some good. Will back from fans, so I'll get myself out of the negative side and back on the fence. Leave um, the negative zone. Yes. No, Fox have the negative Fox zone. At least until it. the ink's dry on that deal. Yeah. Um, my question... <laughs> that reminds me. What's going on with the X-Men movies? They've been put like put back like another yeah, year. Apocalypse has been put back, like I think it's four or five months. Yeah. Um, New Mutants has been put back again, but no confirmed date yet. Yeah, that's the next year. It's yeah, out and Deadpool... Um, Deadpool 2's been moved Deadpool up. 2's been moved up in a way that suggests they're like, oh, quit, let's just get this one out of the way. Yeah, I hope it's that's good. Yeah, it's re- I want it to be good too. I'm worried about it now. Anyway, um, my question this week concerns Neil Gaiman. Not Nahail Gamain. I've just started reading... The- <laughs> I've just <laughs> started reading The Time that is American... I think you mean Tome. I'm going to say that's a typo. Uh, the tome that is American Gods. I haven't seen the show yet, but I am thoroughly enjoying the book. I seem to remember one or both of you mentioning you'd seen the Amazon series. Is it worth me checking out? What else of Gaiman's work would you recommend to a new fan? Lots of love, Charlie. Uh, P.S. Sorry to see uh, Broom Cupboard is a nice for now. I'm very much looking forward to it. Can't wait to it's back up and running. Yeah. Okay. Us too, my love. Uh, I think Tiny Behind the Scenes, no. I think it's going to take a different incarnation before the live ones come back. Yeah. Um, and that ain't no bad thing. It's just, you know, what needs to be done needs to be done. We need to build some build some awareness and um, maybe a bit of audience yeah. before yeah. the live show. Something. May or may but... not do a live one in the meanwhile at a smaller comedy venue. We, um, I mean, that's yeah, that's your domain. Yeah, I can't really speak as to the validity <laughs> of the claims 
that there may or may not be something going on because you don't know. So I'm, I was up at four this morning. I'm so tired. Are you alright? Um, no. Are you work tomorrow as well? No, I'm off tomorrow. Oh, thank God. Um, take a breather. But yeah, take one, them, take one of them big dang breathers that you read about in the newspaper. Um, Neil Gaiman, American Gods. The show is very good. The show is excellent. Um, you should yeah. watch it. I'm a little concerned about the second series because it's been delayed. There's been a change of hands on showrunners. Um, some of the cast, like uh, Gillian Anderson's, departed the show. Has she? Yeah, yeah, she's not coming back for the second season. Oh, do this contractual um, stuff. I. Like- Think, not offering her the same, or... I think it's because Brian Fuller left, probably. Oh. Because she's got a good... She worked with him on Hannibal. Yeah, of course. Um, so, I think... Oh, they better, they better get her back somehow, because um, she's a big part of why those mm, characters and that sort of thing yeah. works. I know, the show is really good. It's a really smart adaptation mm-hmm. of uh, the... F- it's not even the first half of the book. Like, it's... Mm. It it sets up a lot of what's to come later in the book. Yeah, it takes a um, sweet time. It takes a sweet time to do it, yeah. And it's very good, though. Yeah, they're in no hurry to, to finish adapting that book, let's put it that way. Um, but it's 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 real good. Um, I think it's cast as its strong point Oh, as God, well. it's so well cast. Everyone is excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ricky Whittle as Shadow. Yeah, as a Shadow Man. Um, and and um, Ian McShane. Of course Ian McShane. Mr. Wednesday, Wednesday. Just... Mwah! And all the supporting players, of course, like Emily. Uh, Emily, Emily Browning, Browning deals with a very odd thing to have to portray, and she does she's, it so well. Yeah, she's really good in it. Um, it it's it's a great show. It's Emily Browning, the OG Violet Burglar, the Og. Yeah, she doesn't. She really disturbingly. She doesn't, doesn't look any different. Doesn't look that much older. Yeah, and which considering some of the situations that she ends up in in this show is is really weird. And it's just like, oh no, that doesn't. Ooh, no, no, no. Yeah, um, strange. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was like, that was sucker punch. I mean, my first thoughts during sucker punch was, Christ, this is a piece of dog shit. Yeah. But my second thoughts were, it's weird seeing her dress like that because she still looks like she did when she was fourteen. Yeah. This is really weird. Um, what else of Gaiman's work would recommend? Um, definitely check out Sandman. Mm-hmm. Um, good comic books, good times. I'm not. I need to get um, more Gaiman in my life, but like my favorite thing of his that I. I own and have revisited countless times is not even directly his his it's Coraline it's just Henry Selick and stop motion uh, animation yeah perfection. I I'm not it's very different from the book I'm not overly familiar with the source <laughs> books in question but I really like the films of both Coraline and Stardust of course Stardust was his yeah. one yeah I really like Stardust yeah that was the first um, um uh, cinematic teaming up of uh, of um, oh god what's his name director Ah, oh, what's his name? Director is the guy who directed Matthew Vaughn. Uh, Matthew Vaughn and yes! Jane Matthew Vaughn and Jane Goldman. That was their first yes! collaboration. Yes, of course it was. <clears throat> Starring Daredevil's um, Charlie Day. No, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Who's Charlie Day? Charlie Day is from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's the huh. he's the other scientist one in Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Uprising. Oh yeah, he's, he's vaguely Charlie Coxish. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie Cox. Or no, Starling, starring he Dead. He's not. He really isn't. Starring, I, I can't really um, tell. I can never really see him in Pacific Rim because I'm always distracted by Burn Gordon <laughs> Gurning. Oh man, <laughs> talk about overacting. I love him. In I might those go and see that tomorrow. So I, mean, I might, I might go and see it. I'm not seeing it. Oh, yet. it's it's good fun. I might go and watch it's good Pacific fun. Rim Uprising and Rampage. Oh, that's a double bill and a half. <laughs> that is a double bill and a half. Like they're both. I think I prefer. I think I prefer Rampage of the two, but they're both like super dumb, yeah. really stupid, thunderously loud, 
great fun action movies. Like they're 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 not very good. You just sold them. You I just like sold them a lot. two tickets, um, which I'll be getting for free because I'm on Audio Limitless. So uh, technically, I've already paid for enough. Of and that they both they both sort of center around <laughs> the charisma of their respective leads in John Boyega and um, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock. The, the most electrifying, electrifying man, man in sports, cross out sports, replaced with any entertainment. <laughs> the Rock Johnson, yeah. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock, The Rock Johnson. Um, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock, Dwayne The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Johnson, Johnson. Rock, Johnson, 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 Johnson. Um, <laughs> Quadruple Johnson. So many Johnsons. Um, um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, yes, I, I, I need to familiarise myself with more of Neil Gaiman's written works. Um, um, I, st- I still need to finish Sandman. I've read the first like five or six volumes of Sandman, or four or five. Um, but I've him, really, really liked. Have You've you, got have you read? One, yeah, I've got volume one Sandman. Have you read... Whatever happened to the Cape Crusader? Oh yes, of course. That's Neil Gaiman, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's really good. It's only actually. two issues, but it's yeah. it's 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 beautiful. It, it basically it's a it was released around the time of Batman it R.I.P. Was, it was released just after R.I.P. And, as a little wrap up. Yeah, because Batman doesn't die. Spoiler alert: for like ten years ago, Batman died. <laughs> yeah, but Batman didn't, but die, didn't die in die. his book. He died in Justice League. He died in Final Crisis. Yeah. Well, so he, yes, he, yeah, he in inverted commas died in yeah. Final Crisis. Um, he, he he died in the exact same way Captain America died, basically. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, it's um, really but, strange. Uh, then, um, both of them died in commas by time travel yeah. in the two thousands. Uh, Whatever happens to the Cape, Cape Crusader is just a neat little sort of. It's it's like an out of continuity yeah. fever dream. It's just two issues. So it's like it's a forty like page story, a load of different versions of how Batman's story ends. And eulogies told at his dies. funeral. Yeah, yeah. And it's an excuse for... It's, and, is it Andy Kubert? I think it is. Or is it Adam Kubert? Andy, Andy Kubert. Uh, it's an excuse for him to just illustrate so many different people sat at the funeral yeah. in this dingy little room in the back of a bar uh, in different, based on different eras and looks of the characters. But it's, it's Neil Gaiman basically writing the funeral of Batman. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It's And it's not like strictly, you know, oh, Superman's come to say a thing. It's like... The Joker's gonna say something, and now like Magpie's gonna say something, and Catwoman's telling a story, and his freaking Roxy Rocket, and all these obscure people mm-hmm. are here to tell their stories of oh yeah, Batman died doing this, and here's how it happened, and you know we're gonna miss him, and and it's but it's implied at the very end that all of this is actually happening in Bruce's mind in the moments of his death. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it ends with here a conversation between him and his mother. Yeah, Martha Wayne basically saying it's time to let go and that's fine and they do that again that in tom king does it again in i am i am bane yeah there's a bit where, where he's like talking to both of them i think isn't it like thomas and martha where he's, there, so, like, he's sort of like yeah. on death's door and he's talking to his mother mm. um and and pulls himself back from the edge that's in arkham city as well yeah when he's when he's when the, when the fever common... nearly takes him before he does racist yeah, trial yeah yeah they're in the doorway. They're just silhouetted by pure light, and they're there, and they're basically saying, "Come to us, Bruce." And it's just like, "Oh fuck!" That was a bit of a popular trope, then. But Neil Gaiman does it best. Damn it! In whatever um, happened to the Cape Crusader? So we're available gonna... in hardback. So we'll be back next week talking about Infinity War. Yeah, we're gonna dish uh, out the filth. Send your thoughts to us mm-hmm. uh, at Big Damn Cast on Twitter, uh, Big Damn Contact at Gmail Please. Please, if you are sending thoughts to us via Twitter, do not spoil Infinity War. If you want to talk spoilers, 
Email us. Yeah, don't spoil um, on Twitter because either we will be pissed off at you or the people who read your responses to our tweets will be pissed off at you. Yeah. Um, so don't, don't, don't be a dick. Yeah. Like, if the world um, could get away with not spoiling that moment from The Force Awakens online for at least three weeks. Because that was, that was remarkable. Like, when Force yeah. Awakens came out, the internet for like three or so weeks didn't even discuss. I have no idea. I have no idea how I didn't get spoiled. It's amazing. But like I've been the, really the internet careful. as a whole just just like went. Yeah, we're not going to say anything. People obviously talked about it, but not in a big platform. I've been really careful about my internet use uh, mm. over the last few. I've been tempted uh, to mute last day or um, so because Twitter now gives you the functions like mute keywords. I yeah. was tempted to mute Infinity War and stuff I like that. But I also I also to... want to see the press stuff. I want to see them all hanging out. Well, the first fun. thing we're going to do after after we finish recording this is I'm going to watch Movie Bob's review because it's just gone up. Oh, um, meat. Uh, so. <laughs> Meet Bob's review. Yeah, come back to us next week. In the meantime, Christopher, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to plant oh. a thought in your brain, an oh. idea so delicate, right, so Darren deep, okay. that you're going to think it came from your own mind, and oh, it's wow. going to be all you can think about until you see it realised. Oh, cool. Okay, hit me. Neil Gaiman writing a Doctor Strange ongoing. Wait, is this happening? No. Where are you going? I'm just no. Hang on, I want that. I'm just leaving you with that thought. I, I want that though. I'm leaving you with that thought. No. I'm gonna walk out this door. No. And I'm not gonna come back. Can you have a word with him? You make it happen. Can you speak with his publicist? I don't know him. You're the famous one. I I, I don't know Neil Gaiman. I bumped into Why him. Why are you know ge- Neil Gaiman? I genuinely bumped into him once in the lobby of a cinema. Why don't you know new, Neil the Gaiman? The new Beverly Cinema in California. I was in the same room as him, but I asked. I said, "Excuse me," because I was in his way. That's that's it. I've got to invent a time machine and go back and convince him to do a Doctor Strange ongoing. Get him to write the ongoing! Okay. (laughs) I don't have to.